friends, this is Ted from Out of This World Radio, and I'm so glad you're all here today. Today's a special day in the United States, or will be. Actually, on Monday is Memorial Day, and so we're having a special Memorial Day um, program today. Um, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, it'll be followed by um, a new guest coming on uh, about a, um, a litigation in Wyoming to preserve water rights and clean water for the people of Wyoming. It's a great case. And they are winning. And it's always, you know, I love the water issues, so it's going to be great to have have them on. I want to thank everyone so much for their fantastic and wonderful uh, support and donations. Um, Out of This World Radio is a nonprofit listener-supported show. And I really appreciate all your fantastic support. If you'd like to support us, please go to the BBS website or um, to my own website at uh, www outofthisworld1150.com and donate whatever you like. We really, really appreciate it. BBS, I think they've got a program for like $2.99 a month, but it's, it really helps. Uh, with today's show, we should have somewhere right around um, one and a half billion listeners um, uh, on the planet. And then off planet, we should be somewhere right around 1.2 to 1.3 billion people or billion souls listening off planet. I want to thank, especially thank the Palladians, my good friend Palladian Abrahalosaurus, uh, and the Galactic Alliance for all their fantastic help. You know, this has never been done before where a planet like Earth shifts uh, so quickly in, from the third dimension into the fourth and then into the fifth. We are in the fourth now. Even though you may not feel it, um, there's a lot of changes happening. And from an astrological perspective, um, this week, for actually the last two weeks <coughs> going into this coming week, are hard weeks for people because the um, there's been Mercury retrograde, plus the, the planets have caused everyone with the higher vibrations coming in to become a little agitated. So if you are, if you you have gotten agitated with family members or friends, um, give it a week. Believe me, by next week things will get much better. Um, a lot of people are getting a lot of downloads. Um, as I said, it's never been done before where a planet like Earth, an Earth-like planet, goes from so quickly into the third, or sorry, from the third into the fourth, and then into the fifth. It's never been done before. Typically, it takes 100 to 200,000 years for a planet like Earth to go into the higher dimensions, but we're doing it very fast. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're full speed ahead, my friends. And, um, one of the, and, and our evolution actually was supposed to, we were supposed to evolve back in the 60s uh, with the help of, of uh, President Kennedy. Um, but uh, because he was murdered um, and the cabal murdered him um, <coughs> and then covered it up, we've, our evolution has been stymied in a downward spiral ever since that time. But we're, now we're working ourselves uh, on the way up. And as Thomas Jefferson has said on my, um, on my show several times in the last couple of weeks, um, humanity on my last show, he said that one and a half percent of humanity had w had woken up, and um, which is wonderful. And uh, during since last week's show, another half percent, he's telling me now, has woken up. So it's a two percent increase in the in humanity and in waking up um, in the in the past just three weeks. So things are going fast, um, and as we get closer and closer. Um, uh, as we go higher and higher on the ascension scale and our vibrations rise, the negatives are doing everything possible they can to stop us. They've, um, we'll, we'll be going into that in a few minutes on what we can do to stop it and help our, our evolution. But I want to thank everyone so much for your, their beautiful support. Um, I, I started my show um, 10 years ago. Um, 
to with the purpose of helping people uh, with the with the ascension and raising consciousness and that's what I've been doing every week now for the past 10 years and um, but we're doing it my friends and uh, we have a beautiful fantastic future ahead of us a beautiful planet where there's no scarcity where people live in in peace and happiness and that's our future it's not meant to be in war it's not meant to be constant fighting it's not meant to be um, conflict all the time um, and because we are one we we humanity all is one because we all have that spark of God within us or the supreme being and once people realize that as President Kennedy told me several years ago we will stop fighting because if we do fight with each other uh, all we're doing is just fighting ourselves I want to tell everyone of course um, I've got my books available if you're interested um, this is a book called journey to the other side it's a book all about talking to angels um, and um, it, it gives lessons on how to um, how to talk to um, uh, angels and spirits on the other side if you've ever wanted to talk to your long-lost relative maybe a parent who's passed on or an aunt or uncle or a good friend you can do that you can learn how to do that I actually teach people how to do it I have a spiritual mentoring program where it's only $25 a week and I'm, I have classes um, that uh, that I teach on it as well and if you're interested please go to my website www.outofthisworldreadings.com and you can um, you can uh, you can read all about it or, or all about it there it's a good program a lot of people really enjoy it and um, it's not very expensive also um, this is a very special planet it's it's not only a water planet which is unusual in this universe and there's not that many of them but it's also a free will planet where we ourselves can determine our future so if you don't want to ascend if you don't want to be part of this beautiful new earth that we're, we're creating right now you don't have to you don't have to be part of it and for people who don't want to ascend and don't want to be part of this new earth um, there's another planet on the other side of this solar system it's an earth-like planet and um, that planet has been set aside for the negative um, negative entities like Adolf Hitler um, John McCain George Bush seniors uh, they're all there um, they will work out their karma for the next uh, 25,800 years that's how long the ascension cycle um, will last and that's a long time for me for anyone that's a long time so if you miss this boat if you miss this plane um, if you miss this train um, you will get another chance at ascension but it will be 25,800 years from now so uh, it's important to make the right decisions to not only think of yourself but also think of your children your family your friends beyond yourself as far as uh, the choices you make every day because all of us are powerful spiritual beings meant to create a much better and happier planet we're not supposed to be fighting we're not supposed to have a war in the Ukraine we're not supposed to have a shot program that kills off many many people um, we are supposed to live in peace love compassion and harmony this is the kind of world that President Kennedy wanted of course then he was assassinated uh, it's the kind of world that doc, the wonderful Dr. Masura Moto in, in Japan uh, wanted as well. Um, but it's just, we have the same goal, um, and uh, instead of tying into the hatred and violence that's, that's, that's going on on the planet right now, instead plug into love and compassion for your fellow, fellow human beings, because we're all here in the same boat. We're all trying to make this world a better place. So that's the, that's the purpose of, um, of of being here uh, and being on the purpose of my show as well I, I got a, a beautiful flag um, 
uh, just just last week, and I thought I'd, I'd display it for today's show. Uh, the purpose, the um, you know, the, the the idea of the U.S. Constitution and the principles principles behind it are so beautiful. The pursuit of of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and and especially one of the most important parts of that, of course, is the freedom of, of speech, freedom of expression, uh, freedom of religion under the First Amendment, which is under attack constantly now by the negatives who want to control us, mind control us, and tell us what their view of reality is. It won't work um, m because the clear majority of people on this planet, in this country, they want freedom and they want to be able, they want the freedom to be able to think clearly, to think, um, to express their opinions, they're sick and tired of the censorship, and they're taking um, their country back and their planet back. Um, this goes back to um, an age-old war that, that's been going on um, in this universe, uh, in this solar system for at least a half a million years. It's a, it's, it's a war that the, um, that the Galactic Alliance has told me quite a bit about. And it, it, uh, <coughs> it started with a, with a race called the Reptilians, who are negatively based. And 500,000 years ago, they tried to, um, there was a huge war and they tried to take over Earth and many other planets. There was an Earth-like um, planet <coughs> called Marduk that's just beyond um, Mars in this solar system. And today, the remnants of it are the, the asteroid belt. The asteroid belt beyond Mars is actually the remnants of this huge Earth-like planet. It was like, um, it was like Earth, except it was very large and um, humans lived there. The reptilians blew it up 500,000 years ago. Shortly thereafter, the Galactic Alliance, um, their formal name is called the Galactic Alliance of Interdimensional Free Worlds. They're mostly human, very benevolent. They won the war against the reptilians. They had the choice of either destroying them, which they decided not to, and letting them, letting them go and hopefully choose a better path. The reptilians themselves were taken over by artificial intelligence many, many, many millennia ago, and they themselves have no tie into God. So they're very warlike, uh, mean, and aggressive um, civilization. And they're the ones that our government, the U.S. government and the Russian government, has been involved with since 1954. And that's why we've had so many problems with our government here in the United States is because largely it's been negatively influenced by these reptilians, which now, who now are getting slowly driven off the planet, along with their allies, the Greys. Um, once they finally leave, and they will be leaving this year, um, we will be able to um, better uh, determine our future as, as humanity and as, as a, um, to create a beautiful planet, which, which we all deserve and which I'm sure we, we all want. Um, one of the places, um, the sacred places I visit every year uh, is Mount Shasta in Northern California. Mount Shasta is the uh, heart chakra of the planet. It's a beautiful place. Unfortunately, there's been a battle over that as well in recent years between, once again, the reptilians and the negatives and, and the light workers, as well as the Pleiadians and the people of Telos. Um, underneath uh, Mount Chast. It's a beautiful mountain. It's a very sacred mountain. I've been going there every year since uh, 2014, yeah, 2014, 2015, and I've had many mystical experiences there. Uh, back in um, 2018, I was given a new heart. They said my heart was wearing out, and I, they asked me if I wanted a new heart, and I said I'd love one, as long as it came, you know, of course, with a warranty, and it did. <laughs> 
so I'm just kidding. But they gave me a new heart, and then the following year, they um, gave me new eyesight. I had blurry 2050 vision in 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 one of my eyes, and they re they restored both to 2010 crystal clear vision. For those of you outside of North America, those mean that the, the eyesight um, was blurry, and now it's become ex 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 extremely sharp. So um, those kinds of miracles happen. I've been taking people there every year since 2015. And I'm not a medical doctor. I don't don't pretend to be one at all, but we do spiritual healing and we tie into God and we do a lot of prayers. And the beautiful people of Telos and the leader of Telos, spiritual leader, uh, Adama, a uh, wonderful man, he helps us, he helps people get in touch with the uh, inner God within them to, um, to, to get a healing. Um, you have to be um, uh, in a positive, open uh, frame of mind to get a healing. If you're negative, um, or you have negative intentions, or you don't believe you have a lot of doubts, then then don't come because it won't benefit you. But if you're open to it and um, have a positive attitude, I guarantee you'll 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 get a healing. Last year, everyone who came on my trips um, did get a healing, and uh, one uh, one fellow was um, was uh, healed of diverticulitis he'd had for decades. Another one was completely cured of Lyme disease that she'd had for several decades. Um, another woman, a uh, nurse from Southern California, had scoliosis, curvature of the spine, and a lot of pain. And she, for the first time on the trip, she got a healing. And then for the first time on the trip, I saw her smile because she was no longer in pain. That was a beautiful, that was really beautiful what happened. Um, another woman was completely blind in one eye, and that eyesight was restored. I'm not making this up, and I was there to witness the whole thing. Um, another woman who had cataracts in both eyes completely dissolved in about four hours. Um, two people who had were hearing impaired um, had their hearing restored. Uh, I, I saw the whole thing, and, and you wouldn't believe it. You know, you may not believe it unless you're there to see it, and I saw it. And I've seen so many of these miracles happen. Um, but um, it's um, uh, and it's not only physical healing too. It can be emotional healing. Let's say you had a a tough childhood, and um, you, uh, um, you know, you 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 had a you had a tough life, and um, you needed some childhood wounds to be healed. Those were healed as well. So it's not only a physical healing; it can be a spiritual healing. Um, things that uh, maybe psychological issues you deal with, those get healed. All kinds of things um, get healed. In recent years, I've had a little a little trouble with. Um, believe it or not, there are negatives out there who don't want people to heal, who don't want people to experience Mount Shasta in a good way, and they've tried to come in and disrupt it. So nowadays, I'm very, very careful on who comes on the trips. Most people are not a good people. Most people um, have good intentions, and most people are positive, and they want to make this world a better place. There's a very small minority, though, allied with various... Um, deep state operatives and three-letter intelligence agencies who are controlled by the negatives um, who want to disrupt everything. And for those, um, uh, I exclude them. And, oh, they try to sneak in. Um, they're trying to do that all the time. They're, so, they're not very bright, though, because I do read minds, and I also run people by um, Adama and the Telosians and my my good friend, Admiral Plidi and Admiral And if you... They, they have, you have to get approval before you come. And if you don't get approval, you don't come. Period, as, as simple as that. So um, 
but it's a beautiful place um, and if you'd like to come um, just send me an email to out of this world 1150 at gmail.com that's out of this world 1150 at gmail.com and I'm happy to send you some more details um, usually I can tell within a very short time um, whether the uh, whether the people are, are they, they can be allowed uh, they can come and it's easy for me to ask the Pleiadians and Adama whether this person should should come um, uh, so um, if you but if you're good-hearted and you and you're interested in getting a healing um, please come I think you'd really enjoy it. it's not that expensive and um, I'm happy to send you uh, more more details you can also look on my website out of this world readings.com and um, there's more information uh, there as well um, I was going to go to Peru uh, recently but I decided to postpone the trip so I'll let you know the new dates uh, when it comes together again I just I didn't feel the energies were quite right to go at this point in time so I've decided just to go sometime in the future and I'll let you all know uh, when I do the um, I also um, am planning some trips to visit uh, mermaids and mermen off the Washington coast I do that regularly um, I go out into the surf there's several different pods where um, I visit them and communicate telepathically and they've actually showed themselves as well off the shoreline I uh, they, they it's it's really cool there's a place where there's a breaker off the off the uh, in the ocean and you can I've seen their heads bobbing in the surf before and they've waved and I've waved back so it's it's kind of fun um, uh, I am planning a trip at some point to introduce people to that um, I haven't decided the dates yet but if you are interested please send me an email to out of this world 1150 uh, at gmail.com and the same security standard security procedures apply to the trip that trip as well I have to first ask the mermaids and mermen if you can come along and if they say no you don't come um, there are people out there that um, you know would, would do them harm and so I have to I'm very protective of them and I'm also very protective of my uh, Pleiadian and uh, especially my friends in the hollow earth um, so um, but Mount Shasta is a beautiful place um, it actually um, uh, it's it's one of the sacred places on the on the planet um, and uh, but the negatives have tried to do everything they can to uh, interfere with things uh, Mount Shasta believe it or not has some of the highest aluminum particular um, uh, uh, content in the atmosphere and around the soil in that area one of the reasons why it does have this is because the um, the reptilians and the darker elements of the United States government has been spraying chem hazardous um, carcinogenic chemtrails in the Shasta area for at least the last decade and when you go there um, scientists have found that some of the aluminum particulate matter has a, has a, has a frequency of over 10,000 times what it should be in the Shasta area. Now, if you light a match in the forest, then you've got all this particulate matter from the aluminum in the um, in the forest. It makes it like a like a tinderbox, which which fires can start, and um, that's why they've had such a problem the last couple of years with fires in Northern California, is because, in my opinion, um, uh, from all the contrails being sprayed. Um, in those areas which makes them very very susceptible to um, to, to forest fires but um, it's a beautiful place um, it's one of the sacred spots of the world and I know you'll really uh, really enjoy it if you if you do come um, again if you want more information just send me an email to out of this world 
1150 at gmail.com or you can go to my website www.outofthisworldreadings.com and there's more information there under miscellaneous under under uh, spiritual trips. Um, I started this show 10 years ago with the purpose of raising consciousness and making this world a better place and I can't tell you how pleased the um, angelic spirits and and the benevolent extraterrestrials are at our progress. Um, uh, all of us here are here by choice. Um, you know the earth uh, but of all the planets in the universe the earth is the hardest one to affect any positive change. Um, and so if you can if you can make this planet a better place uh, if you've 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 chosen you you there's a great opportunity for spiritual growth here and um, uh, and it's coming. Uh, and and the, the ascension is here and it's it's in the middle of it. We're right in the middle of it right now. And I want everyone to be strong. And um, as President Kennedy told me uh, a year and a half, two years ago, he said, leave no neighbor behind. Uh, try to bring as many people along as possible on the ascension path, um, because uh, that's this is a golden opportunity for people to create not only a better planet for themselves, a happier planet, but also for their children their children's children and for many future generations to come. As I said, we're not meant to be fighting. We're not meant to be in a war, constant war. Um, we are meant to be um, loving, kind and compassionate um, with each other. There's a big schism, as as everyone knows um, right now, between um, the will of the American people, the will of the people of the world and their governments around the globe. I don't know of a government that um, there may be a couple of exceptions, but in general rule, most of the governments of the world are corrupt. They don't represent the people that they supposed to, they're supposed to serve. And that's no more true, of course, as it is here in the United States. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of problems with this. I call it a fake government because I don't think Biden was validly elected. And uh, there's been a tremendous amount of problems, especially among the southern border. Um, and these, these, um, there's actually uh, a program paid for by U.S. taxpayers through the fake government, uh, the fake Biden government, where they've been um, flying um, illegal aliens uh, from Panama right into the United States. They give them money, social security cards. Thousands of them are coming in every day, every week, um, and you're paying for it. If you're an American and you live in the United States, you're paying for it. And it's an active attempt to undermine and destroy this country. The immigration laws that we've had for so for so for many decades are just being thrown out the uh, thrown out the window. Um, if you cannot control your borders, you don't have a country left anymore. And you know, my dad fought in World War II, and I thought to myself, well, is this is what he fought for? What to, for the country to be taken over? by a bunch of thugs, by a bunch of um, illegal uh, politicians who don't care about Americans, who are trying, doing everything they can to destroy this country. Um, but we're, we have to stand up for our rights and liberties right now because this fake government's not doing it. And you have to ask yourself, where's our military? Where's the U.S. military while this is happening? I don't know. I don't know where they are. Why aren't they, why aren't they at the southern border? Um, things have gotten so bad in Texas, uh, Governor uh, Abbott, and, and uh, good governor for the state of Texas. He's actually ad asked the um, National Guard troops from five different states to come in and help secure the Texas border with Mexico. The problem is not Mexico, by the way, because Mexico has an excellent, wonderful leader down there. Mexico, Mexican people are very loving and kind um, people, a beautiful country. Um, almost none of them got, got, the, got the shot program, and, and their economy, by the way, is doing very well. 
Thank you. Um, and but they're um, they're a, a good country, a good people. And Trump, um, when he was president, was able to work with the Mexican government and reach, reach some good solutions for our uh, for the for the unchecked immigration coming in through the through the southern border. In fact, about two months ago, there was a whole group of uh, 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 illegal aliens who who tried to storm the bridge in El Paso, uh, coming over there. And you know. Our military wasn't there to stop them. No, they I don't know where they were, but maybe they're out drinking coffee somewhere, eating donuts. I don't know, or told by Biden to stay away, but they weren't there. Um, but uh, the Border Patrol didn't have enough personnel because they're underpaid and they're probably told by Biden to let them in. But no, the, 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 the person that helped was the uh, president of Mexico who ordered the um, their military to come in and stop the onslaught of people coming in um, to the United States. So that was, so I wanna thank Mexico for, for doing that. You're doing the things that we should be doing in this country, but this country is so dysfunctional right now. It's literally falling apart. And I you kind of wonder how bad is it gonna get? Um, uh, I, I don't know, um, I, I don't know, but people do need to stand up and stand up for their rights. Um, the um, the the fake the fake Biden government about uh, last week ordered the U.S. Air Marshals program to uh, send all of their personnel down to the border to help process the illegal aliens coming across the border. Let me repeat that: the U.S. Marshal has a program, and they have about 1,500 um, air marshals who fly regularly on commercial airlines crisscross the United States. And they do that for safety in case there's a terrorist on board or there's a disruption and they need to be there to help, you know, get things under control. Well, the fake government in D.C., the Biden government, whoever Biden is, um, uh, ordered the, 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 the air, air marshals um, to um, stop flying, stop protecting Americans and people flying in the United States and all go down to the southern border um, uh, at, at Tex in Texas and help process the, the applications of thousands and thousands of illegal aliens coming illegally across the border. Instead of keeping them out, um, uh, Marocas, or whatever his name is, the head of uh, Homeland Security, opened all, the, opened all the gates and said, oh, come on in. We'll give you a social security card, money, housing, everything you want. You don't need to do anything, just come across the border. And so that's what they've been doing, and but they've been overloaded with the paperwork because there's there's too many people coming across the border, and Biden is is willing to get rid of the safety on the air flights and within for Americans and send them all down to the border with Texas, and so they can help process their applications to stay in the United States illegally. Um, what a guy, huh? Yeah, well, you know, I got to thank the U.S. Air Marshals program because they stood up to Biden and the president of their association said, no, we're not going to do it. We And the reason why they said we're not going to do it is because we don't think you are a legitimate president of the United States. And he stood up. And at the time I read the article a couple days ago, they're hoping that other federal agencies simply stand up to this idiot um, in D.C. or wherever he is or whoever he is. Um, and um, stand up and refuse to obey his orders. Um, for the last, I don't know how many decades, for many, many decades, executive orders issued by a sitting U.S. president all have to be published in what's called the Federal Register in order to be legally valid. If you look at any of the so-called executive orders um, that Biden has issued, including the ones for the SHOP program, 
since this clown took office to and was installed as president two and a half years ago, not one single executive order that he's issued has ever been published in the U.S. Federal Register. Not one. What does that tell you? None of them are valid. None of his executive or orders regarding the shop program were valid. None of his orders now are valid. None of his orders regarding the um, uh, UN, the WHO, uh, which he wants to give authority over the United States to this UN agency, will take a, the, 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 effectively end U.S. sovereignty over our own citizens. None of them are valid. Not one. And if you took that to federal court, I guarantee you a thousand percent you'd win. Um, but people should be aware of their rights um, because they're being taken away as fast as they possibly can. We're not sheeple in this country. This country was founded by revolutionaries, revolutionaries like Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, um, John Quincy Adams, um, uh, George Washington. They all founded this country with, with, to, to create a much better and happier uh, um, uh, country, uh, a place for people to live, to, to, to seek and, and enjoy freedom here. And, um, you know, we, we have our problems here. We have our issues. We're not perfect, uh, certainly, but uh, we try. And um, there are a lot of issues going on now, but everything has gotten um, so much worse um, under this current fake, uh, fake government. Um, I had a long conversation with uh, Nostradamus um, about this, uh, about, um, it was a couple of years ago, and he said in the future we would not be having the, um, we would not be uh, having a large government like we, like we do today. And this is because that everyone, will, they'll be in higher vibration, and they will simply know what to do and what not to do. And uh, isn't that a beautiful thought where you won't need the police forces, you won't need the militaries of the world to um, keep keep order because people will know how to act. Um, and so the other thing, too, that will be happening is that people will be able to um, communicate telepathically. Language will become secondary as we shift into the fourth and fifth dimensions. People will just know things by reading each other's minds and communicating telepathically with each other um, for, for, for when, uh, to, to talk to each other. So the, the, the language differences we have now um, will completely disappear. Won't that be amazing? And people, and there will be no misunderstandings either because people will, will be able to talk to one each other um, and communicate ideas just, just like that. If you've got a courtroom, for example, and you've got a criminal case, um, if you have somebody in the, in the courtroom, the judge, and the prosecutor, and the jury will just be able to look at the uh, individual um, in the courtroom and tell whether they're telling the truth or not, tell whether they're innocent or not. Um, if, um, if you're up in Canada and you're in the fourth or fifth dimension and we've shifted and you're, you're, you're listening to Trudeau, um, Justin, um, uh, Justin Trudeau on the, on the television up there and, um, you'll be able to read his mind and know when he's lying and he lies quite a bit, as you know, um, it's the same thing with Biden and you'll be able to look at Biden and you can tell what he's thinking and you'll even be able to tell whether he's the true Biden or not. There's a lot of rumors going around that Biden actually died anywhere between two to six to nine years ago. And so what you've seen is a bunch of body doubles, clones, and also people who have matte latex masks on um, uh, uh, parading around as so-called Biden who actually is, is dead. <laughs> so. Won't that be interesting? And people will demand, 
the truth because they'll be able to see the truth and we will have a far better society because nothing will be hidden. Um, this, uh, this year, we are supposed to have a lot of disclosure as to what's going on, as to the truth about uh, governments around the world. And I think it's starting, starting to happen now. Um, I want everyone to be strong because this is what we've been waiting for. Um, this, this, this ascension and the things that are happening now is what people, everyone here has been, been waiting for. I myself came here 52,000 years ago um, uh, or two Mayan Katun cycles um, ago. Not to lose you, uh, but a, a Mayan Katun cycle is what the Mayans, Mayan Indians called the time it takes for, for um, uh, this planet in this solar system to go around the central sun of the Milky Way galaxy. So it takes, it's called the Mayan Katun cycle. Uh, Alfred Weber t uh, first taught me about this back in uh, 2015, a great guy. I actually invited him on my show today, but he's been ill. I want everyone to send lots of love and light to, to Alfred. He's been under attack recently, um, and uh, but I know your prayers will, will help him. Uh, send him, please send Alfred lots of love and light. And also, too, if you don't mind, if you could send lots of love and light to my good friends, P. and Cullen, um, in... Um, uh, who they, they're, they can't, they're in contact with LARCMA, a group of Pleiadians. They're beautiful people, and I know that they've had some, some issues recently, too, and I think they've been attacked as well. Um, as you know, uh, Dr. Patar, famous medical doctor, who has spoken, of one of the first to, was to speak out against the so-called shop program and everything the government and the big pharma was doing, he died suddenly a couple days ago. And he died of of an overdose of of um, of, um, of uh, vaccines. Um, and how did he get those, those chemicals in his body when he hasn't ever taken a shot? I don't know. But he was targeted, and he did uh, he did pass away a couple days ago. So I know myself. I've had uh, about 18 or so uh, or more different uh, threats in my life. So I'm very careful where I go, what I do, who I talk to. I put up constant shields, spiritual shields. I'm constantly asking for help from the Galactics, the Pleiadians, and my and my Archangels for, for help and protection. And they do provide protection um, uh, for me. But I'm very careful uh, where I go um, and and uh, who I open myself up to. And, and, and for people listening today, um, you can protect yourself. Uh, during the day, and you can ask for help from the Galactics and the Pleiadians, and I'll, actually, I think during this program, we'll, I'll teach you some techniques uh, for, for that as well. But um, um, we are in a tremendous changing time right now. The, 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 the negatives are desperate to stop us from ascending, um, but we've tried six other times to ascend. This is the seventh time, and this is the farthest we've ever gone as far as um, ascension goes is right now in here uh, on this on this planet. Um, and a lot of people, you know, they go at, people learn at different rates. Some people are fully awake. Others are just starting to be awake now. They know there's something not quite right with what's going on. Um, but um, I have a lot of faith in humanity um, to make the right choices to create a better planet because this is what we're all here for. We're all here to, to, um, to make this world a better place. It is the destiny of of this planet to become a loving, kind, and compassionate world. We're not meant to be fighting. We're meant to get along and, and with each other 
and create uh, love and happiness, not only for ourselves, but of course our children and our children's children. And one of the things I want to bring in President Kennedy right now, who's got some messages for everyone, is that um, if, it, if he had been allowed to live back in the um, 1960s and he hadn't been assassinated, um, we, right now we would be in the fifth dimension. Um, we would have gone into the fifth dimension by 1972. Um, um, Richard Nixon would have never been president. Um, um, and uh, Bobby Kennedy would have been um, would have been the next president after him as well, and we would have we would have achieved peace on this planet. Where there, there would have been complete peace negotiated between the United States and the and the Soviet Union at the time, um, we wouldn't have had any of these wars. The Gulf War would have never happened. Think about that. Um, the Gulf War would have never happened. The Vietnam War would have never happened. And actually, the, the week uh, of November 22nd, 1963, when President Kennedy was assassinated, um, uh, that, that very day, um, or that week, uh, President Kennedy had ordered the withdrawal of the first thousand troops of American troops from Vietnam. He was bringing, bringing our troops home, actually, starting right then. He planned to be completely withdrawn from Vietnam by 1965, <coughs> and the 42,000 Americans and hundreds of thousands of, of poor Vietnamese who killed in that senseless, uh, silly war um, would have would have be alive today. Um, and all the monies that we spent um, in that conflict could have gone to education, health, um, making uh, the cleaning up the environment. So many good things could have could have transpired uh, from that. Uh, to make a better and happier and peaceful planet. Um, we wouldn't have had the wars that we've had since that time. Uh, uh, George Bush um, would have never, uh, the first would have never been US president. George Bush second would have never been the president. Obama would have never been the president. Hillary Clinton would have never risen to the prominence that she did. Um, one after the other, all of these uh, evil politicians, negative politicians would have never ever reach the preeminence that they had, um, that they have, because the, the timeline would have completely changed to one of love, compassion, and peace. And that's the kind of world we, we, we would have today. Wouldn't that be a beautiful place to live? Uh, uh, disease would have largely been eliminated because as you shift into the fifth and higher dimensions, there's no more disease. Dis-ease is a disease, is, is a symptom of third dimension. Not a fourth, not a fifth, but a third dimension. And so as we shift into these higher dimensions, people don't realize how important it is that we shift into these higher dimensions because <coughs> we are, um, um, as we ascend, um, we will no longer have any disease uh, on this planet. Isn't that a thought? Now, back in the 50s, we had a chance um, uh, twice to, under President uh, Eisenhower, to create a planet um, where there was no no more disease, um, there was free energy. <coughs> but I'll, I'll tell you that what happened <coughs> is um, in March of 1954, um, Eisenhower um, Eisenhower met with uh, a group of of uh, negative entities called the Greys, who were acting on behalf of the reptilians, and they said. They said, um, we will offer you technological uh, advances um, uh, from our civilization to fight the Soviets. 
if you allow us to to study you and abduct you okay um eisenhower was um didn't like them um he um but he felt like he was forced into accepting uh their agreement but little did he know that during that same time back in march of 1954 um the, the soviets uh, nikita, nikita khrushchev was offering was give, being offered the same deal from the same group that um and what what they told what the negatives told uh, president eisenhower is said they said well if you don't accept this then we'll give our technology to the soviets and they will become the preeminent power on earth and you will become the second the second power on earth and so uh eisenhower felt he was forced into doing it it's too bad uh, i think he made a wrong choice clearly made a wrong choice but um uh especially since six months before the Pleiadians had visited with eisenhower and said look we'd love to help you um, create a better earth uh, we can give you technology and help you in your spiritual growth growth to eliminate all disease on the planet and free energy but guess who was against it eisenhower liked them wanted to do it but um, there were two other groups against it vice president richard nixon was against it and so were the joint chiefs of staff in the united states nixon um had a lot of friends in uh, big pharma um and a lot of medical doctors and uh health care pr uh, practitioners um in the uh, health industry and uh thought that um, they would all lose their jobs if everybody got healthy and the disease was eliminated because then you wouldn't need a doctor you wouldn't need a hospital go excuse me you wouldn't need to go to um you wouldn't need to go to uh, a doctor to get well and um so uh anyway uh that's a true story so he was against it and the joint chiefs of staff were also against it because they didn't get any weapons um from the um they they wanted weapons and and the Pleiadians didn't want them to get to 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 get any weapons um and uh um my guest <laughs> is an hour early well um they well anyway uh they and so he turned him down and um hold on let me just um this is my guest for the for the next hour okay now she's gone all right any rate um uh so that's a true story what happened and uh the um all right okay thanks don she's an hour early uh but um um i can i can talk to her briefly if she wants um uh reba are you there Yes, can you hear me and see me? Yeah, you're an hour early. Um, um, yeah, I had I had I planned to bring you on an hour from now. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I thought it was 11:45. Well, it's uh it is 11:45 Pacific time, but that's 12:45 Mountain time. But that's okay. Um, I'm in the middle of my show right now. Um, it, I'll tell you what. If you wanted, you could either hang on, and I I can get you on. Probably get you on a half hour early if you like. Um, okay in about a half hour from now. Um, but um, if you want to contact um, our other guest, uh, Susie, just let her know we're coming on early, that would be fine too, okay? But but if you want to just keep on and then um, come join us in, in 30 minutes is fine. I can bring you on early if you wish. That's fine, I'll just listen to what you have to say. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, yeah. for understanding, yeah. Anyway, we had a chance back in the 50s to um, to create a beautiful planet, to get rid of all disease on the planet, to have free energy, 
um, to shift into the higher dimensions. Um, and right now, if if Eisenhower had accepted the offer of the Pleiadians um, to get rid of disease and um, accept uh, the, the free energy sources on this planet, um, we would be living for at least 400 years, three, 400 years right now. Because on, on most development uh, developed uh, planets, human planets outside of this, um, this solar system, uh, people live to about a thousand years. That's the average a thousand. Many live a lot, for, a lot more. Um, I know that uh, Adama, um, he says that he doesn't mind. Um, my friend who's the, the head of the uh, spiritual head of, of Telos, he's about 25,000 years old, but you know, I've met him great, a great man. And he, he, um, um, he, he looks maybe 28, 29, 30, if that. <laughs> and what my Pleiadian friends tell me is that as people, as people age, as people spiritually evolve, the, 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 the clock, the aging clock actually starts to reverse. And, um, so for those of you interested in looking young, just become more spiritual. You don't need all that makeup and, and skin creams and whatnot. Um, uh, to look younger, just become more spiritual, and I guarantee you, your aging clock will stop and it'll start to reverse, so that you will look eventually look a lot younger. Um, and um, uh, I myself, I've been here 52,000 years, but I don't think I look like a day over a thousand years old personally. <laughs> but anyway, that that's true. So anyway, going back to the 50s, um, Eisenhower had a chance to to steer us in a in a good direction. And um, he, he didn't do it because the Joint Chiefs of Staff were against it. They didn't get any weapons from the Pleiadians. And Nixon was against uh, the elimination of all diseases on the planet because he thought that the pharmacists, uh, well, not both part of it, um, but mostly the, the medical doctors, the medical profession, wouldn't, uh, would be out of a job. And they'd have to go flick burgers somewhere. I don't know, but that, that was his reasoning. And uh, it's it's too bad. Um, so that when the uh, uh, when the Greys and the Reptilians showed up in March of 1954 and they offered this deal to Eisenhower, Eisenhower really didn't like them either. But he felt like he was forced into accepting it, so he accepted it. And since that time, 1.5, um, 1.6 million Americans and many others, millions of other people around the world were abducted by these Greys and Reptilians. Um, of that amount, um, about, uh, I believe, 80% um, were sold into either slavery or eaten by the reptilians, and only about 20% will return to this planet. And of those 20% returned, a lot of them have had psychological problems uh, since that time. The adoption process is a horrifying experience. They treat us basically like cattle. Um, the greys themselves are a slave species genetically engineered by the reptilians to um, um, to uh, serve them. And that's why they don't have any emotions. They have no soul. Um, they don't know how to love because they don't, all their chakras are shut down. Their auras are shut down. They are bi biological uh, entities um, without a soul, without any tie into God. And that's the problems. That's the same problem we have with the reptilians as well, because um, they have no tie into God. That's why they are constantly on uh, a, a like a, a war of conquest. Um, they've done 
they have taken over other planets and 22 other star systems like Earth. They've extracted the resources out of it, including, uh, including the DNA from people living in these other planets and these other 22 star systems. And then at the end of the day, they blow up the planet completely with an antimatter uh, 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 weapon. And after Eisenhower stupidly agreed to this agreement with the reptilians, um, the reptilians put a um, antimatter bomb in the Congo in Africa. They like because it's hot. They're lizards, and they like the hot weather, so they put one there in a base. And um, the so the, the the Galactics and the Pleiadians have to have had to be very careful in um, in dealing with uh, this planet because of that bomb, which they don't want to. Um, um, blow up. I don't think the um, bomb is there anymore or it's been inactivated um, so it's not a threat that it once was but it, it was a problem for decades thanks to Eisenhower's stupid agreement. Um, he himself is is responsible for the millions of people including millions of Americans who were abducted and eaten by the reptilians but so far he hasn't uh, he doesn't claim any responsibility for it. He's afraid of the karma involved with it. Um, and so I think he's generally a good man, but again, he made some bad choices. Um, and um, I think in the greater scheme of things, God, only God will decide his fate, but he has to pay for those bad decisions he made for not only the people of the United States, but the people of the world as, as well. Um, but I think certainly now uh, he's realized he's made a mistake, but he's unwilling to admit it. Um, it's too bad, but um, this is a question for God to decide. Um, and uh, I'm sure eventually he, he will see the light and do the right thing. But anyway, that's kind of a, a background as to what's been happening and why there's been so much conflict. One of the reasons why um, President Kennedy was assassinated is because he wanted complete cooperation with the Soviets um, and wanted to join our space program with theirs. Um, he wanted to work with the Soviets. He wanted to get rid of the Cold War. Um, he wanted to find out um, uh, what happened, why, why we weren't cooperating with him. And um, actually, one of the things that I learned as well, um, in addition to these problems that um, Eisenhower caused, caused with his agreement with the reptilians is that um, Eisenhower, I'm told, also um, knew about the assassination of President Kennedy before it happened. And he was warned, now he found out about it, and he was warned not to tell anybody or else they'd kill him and his family. So he didn't say anything and we ended up getting uh, President Kennedy dead. Um, um, uh, I, I, um, I'm not going to put myself in his shoes as to what he should have done, but maybe he should have warned uh, the American people about that and we could have saved uh, President Kennedy. I don't know, but um, it's up to a bank. But people should know that um, um, he did know about the assassination before it happened. Um, and it was a coup d'etat, like um, it was a coup d'etat with, um, with Biden two and a half years ago. Same kind of thing, country completely taken over. Um, there's no legitimate basis for this government, um, uh, and I don't see how much longer it can stand up. People will have to learn through this experience that they, um, that um, uh, we cannot trust them. They're not defending our rights. They lie through their teeth constantly. Um, and the thing that, that bothers me, and it, it bothers um, 
others, uh, many others as well, is that we have the same. It's changing slowly, but we much of the uh, of America still has Dominion voting, um, and and there's been a lot of allegations that the Dominion voting is 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 uh, has problems with it, and so if you have if you have that same voting system, um, how can you expect anything to change? Um, Albert Einstein uh, always tells me that um, the definition of insanity is where you do something over and over again uh, with the expectation that things will be different <laughs> the same way. So why do you expect anything different? I don't know. Um, but uh, um, there has been um, there has been a uh, uh, people have said trust the plan. I remember that two two and a half years ago when Biden was installed, and uh, later, as nothing seemed to be doing being done to help this country, you you have to ask, well, trust what plan and who do you trust? Um, and because and and you can't you can't just sit on your um, you you can't just sit on on your um, on your seat and do nothing because we're all expected. Democracy takes work. Um, a good government takes work. Um, you can't sit back and do nothing and expect things to change because they're not going to change. Um, as President um, Presidents Jefferson, uh, John Quincy Adams, and George Washington have repeatedly told me, and Benjamin Franklin, they were all revolutionaries back uh, in the late 18th century. Um, and they were not politically correct. To be politically correct back at that time in the late 18th century was to go along with King George and end up getting killed or slaughtered by the British troops uh, for not going around, going along with the crown. Um, so you had to stand up. You had to risk your life. You had to, to do things um, that were uncomfortable or else you wouldn't have freedom. You know, my um, the greatest generation, the, the World War II, um, they all fought. My dad fought. Um, and my dad, I've talked to him recently about it, and he said, I, I went to war, I went to World War II um, to fight for uh, the right for, um, for transsexuals, for uh, states to transition little, little girls into little boys and little boys into little girls. And um, I, I, I fought in World War II for our borders to be completely open with, with millions of illegals coming across the border. That's what I fought for. Um, I, I, I fought for fake elections. Um, I fought. I, I fought. I, I didn't fight for that. You know, I fought. I fought for freedom, um, uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and and our American values of freedom. And um, as people have told me um, repeatedly last year, um, they said that um, if we if we don't if we lose the United States, then we've lost the world, basically. And that's what they're doing. They're trying everything possible they can to destroy us. Um, and we all have to learn to stand up because if we don't, we're going to get slaughtered. We're getting slaughtered now. Uh, Lee Merritt had an interesting uh, observation a couple weeks ago. She was on my show about three or four weeks ago. Great doctor in, mid in uh, Iowa. I urge you to, to check her out. Her, her website is www.themedicalrebel.com. Uh, she said that there's a 10% vacancy rate now across America in all homes. 10%. You know what that's from? That's from the SHOT program. There's so many people dead uh, from the SHOT. I'm not going to mince words about that. Dead. Um, that um, the homes are uh, vacant. And that's one reason why you're seeing the, the housing market prices actually go down in previously red-hot um, areas like Seattle going down. People are dying off. 
businesses are leaving. Who wants to who wants to have a business in downtown Seattle when when much of the downtown area has been completely destroyed by Antifa and Black Lives Matter? Nobody in their right mind. In Portland, the same way. Cities across the the, the West Coast are awful. Um, they've become they become sewer holes thanks to the um, uh, and nobody wants to do business there. Um, people a lot of people are are passing away. It's uh, it's a nightmare. Um, even in um, even in Texas, the the real estate market there has topped off and starting to drop now as people are passing away from the shop program. It's it's design engineer, and with the decline in the American population and the influx of millions of of illegal aliens, you can see what the cabal is doing. They're wiping out the population of America and replacing it with people who have no ties to this country to transform the country into a third world country. That's the only thing I can I can think of. Once you know their plan, it's easy to, to see what they're doing and what, what they're up to. Um, the um, um, people have to learn to stand up um, uh, uh, for their rights. And as, because uh, uh, if they don't, as Biden said in a speech about a month ago, he says, now we have to get, we, we're gonna get the job done. Now we've done great progress. Now we're going to have to get we're going to get the job done. Trudeau said the same thing in Canada about a month ago, and they're like little puppets controlled by the cabal, all saying the same thing with strings pulled um, by the negative interest. And even in here in Washington State, um, a lot of people say that our governor, uh, Jay Inslee, a Democrat, and I don't pay attention much anymore to the party labels, but he is registered as a Democrat was actually taken to Gitmo and executed. So we've got a, a body um, a stand in, a body double. Actually, the, the new Inslee um, has, um, he's got his chin is protruding more. He's got a bigger nose, bigger jowls. I wish they do a better job in faking it. You know, he just doesn't look the same. He uses different expressions. But he say, the, the new Inslee said a couple weeks ago that uh, we're gonna, we've, we've, uh, he's done his task, he's done his job, and now he's not gonna run again. He already ran for three terms, um, so, um, but um, people need to realize that not everything that you see on the television screen is true. <laughs> Actually, if you look at uh, Gavin Newsom in California, it's well known that about a year and a half ago, he, his doctor gave him a booster, a booster for the Moderna shot, and that booster contained the real stuff, and the guy died about four, five weeks later after getting Guillain-Barre disease. Um, and he was actually transported to Gitmo where he, was, where he was dead. And during that time in January of last year, there were actually ads in Hollywood. They were so bold, the cabal was so bold, they were looking for, for actors who could play body doubles for Gavin Newsom. And they did find a guy who does look like him. And if you look at the new Newsom of California with the old Newsom, the new Newsom is slightly taller his hairline is slightly receding. Um, his skin color is slightly tan. A little different body structure, but you have to look. It's close, but not the same. And um, so is it legal for uh, California to have a fake governor to replace the other one who is already dead? I don't think so. Is it legal for us, for the United States, to have um, a guy in office who has been replaced by some, say, four different actors who died two to two to six to nine years ago. Is that legal? I don't think so. They talked the same thing about John Fetterman in, in Pennsylvania, who supposedly he had a heart attack and they say he's passed on and been replaced by another body double. Suddenly he looks completely different and he's got lots of energy. A simple way to do that would simply be to do a DNA test, especially if there's a body double. Now, if they do a clone, I, the 
probably wouldn't be much difference, but people need to look into that and demand proof of it, um, proof that they say that they that they say who they are, um, and and don't accept everything as being fact in the media because we're we're lied to constantly, um, and it's amazing to me how much uh, how much the mass media here in the United States uh, gets gets away with, but you know. People are seeing through it as we all shift into the higher dimensions. We're able to know what the truth is. And I think that's one of the reasons for the success of my own show is that um, um, I, I only I only I work hard to only uh, disseminate the truth. Um, and um, and uh, I'm not beholden to anyone. Uh, this is a, a grassroots um, listener supported show. And and uh, the purpose, of, of course, is to raise consciousness and make this um, uh, planet a better place. With with today's show, we should have somewhere right around 1.51 billion listeners on the planet with another little over 1.2 billion uh, benevolent souls living, listening off planet. Um, my, the signal from this show is actually being beamed, um, is being beamed by my good friends, um, uh, the Pleiadians, um, and Ad, Pleiadian Admiral Halosaurus aboard the mothership. 10 miles uh, above Mount Shasta, and from there it's being to um, uh, Alcyon, which is their base in the Pleiadians, which is in turn being to the Galactic Alliance. So it gets a, 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 wide, a wide range. And people are, um, people among the Pleiadians, and especially the Galactic Alliance, are especially interested as to what's going on on this planet, because what happens here on planet Earth affects the rest of the solar system and affects the rest of this universe and these seven other universes as well. That's right. There are seven other universes in addition to this one. And um, the Pleiadian, my Pleiadian friends actually took me to the edge of this universe and showed me those other universes here about four months ago. It was an amazing trip. Um, um, but, um, but there's a lot more that, that goes on that, that meets the eye here. And we are far more important than you, than you realize. This is a... Um, let's see if I can find it. Um, This is a book I published a couple of years ago called uh, um, Messages from the Masters. And it's a book um, uh, with messages from Nostradamus, Benjamin Franklin, um, Albert Einstein on our beautiful, bright future. And the front cover of the book is the Milky Way galaxy of which we are a part. And you can't, it's kind of hard to see around it, okay, but this is the Milky Way galaxy. And Earth is on the other side on a little tiny corner of this galaxy right here. And um, we are out in the middle of nowhere. But amazingly enough, what happens here on this planet, in this solar system, affects the rest of this universe. Believe it or not, that's true. And so we are, um, are far more important to the future of, of this solar system and this universe than we ever realize. And that's why we've gotten such attention there are millions of civilizations right now around this planet watching what we do, what choices we make, and how we conduct ourselves. And um, they, they cannot interfere directly because this is a planet of free will. Um, you can ask for help. I ask for help all the time, and I ask for protection all the time because I do get a lot of attacks. And they give it to me. And um, because the white light, the light, the white is always stronger than the dark. Um, no matter what the negatives do, they're not going to win. As long as 
you ask for help um, and uh, you do things um, in spirit and according to what your inner God tells you to do. Most people have two minds. They have a logical mind um, between their ears. That's part of the old third dimension. And they also have a, um, a, um, a, a spiritual mind, uh, which, which is called their heart mind. And if you trust your heart mind, irregardless of what's happening in your, in your logical mind, you will never go wrong. Every day I meditate when I first get up in the morning and I, and I meditate as to what I should be doing that day, um, course of action for the day, and what kinds of things are, are happening. And if you follow your heart mind, you will never um, go wrong. Um, I'll never forget the time I was at um, an Indian casino north of Spokane, Washington many years ago, and I had gotten some gas um, at this little gas station. And I walked in to pay for the, um, to, for the gas, and as I walked by um, this, this slot machine, I, I, got a, I got a message. My heart mind told me to put in um, 75 cents. <laughs> so I did. It was fun. So I put it in, and I, and I pressed the lever down, and suddenly all these bells and whistles went off, and $62.50 um, later, I'd, I'd won a, a kind of a nice jackpot that day. But that was fun. That was fun. And, um, but that, that's what it is. If you get a hunch... Practice it yourself, just for a day, even if you're not used to doing it. Just play, follow your intuition on everything you do. And uh, basically, when you when you ask questions of the other side, you ask. Everyone has angels uh, helping them out. And if you if you ask for help, they will they will help you. Um, and it's not the first question. It's not. The, oh, sorry. If, when you ask a question of the spirits and your guardian angels, it's not the first answer you get. It's the, it, it, no, sorry, it's not the second answer you get, not the third, the fourth, or fifth, or sixth. Um, it's it's al almost always the first answer you get. Um, and that's the one you should, should always follow because that will always be correct and you will never go wrong. I've learned through through experience for the last 30 years that's that's how you talk to the other side because they have only truth. And I had a funny question here. Oh, it was... A couple of weeks ago, I was I had a client and I was giving messages to her from her from her angels, and she said uh, she didn't like the answer I was giving her on, on something, and, and um, she said, "Is God ever wrong?" And I said, "No." <laughs> and so, and so it's um, you know the truth is the truth, and when you go into the higher dimensions, that's all you'll have, and that's one of the reasons why. Um, Lying politicians like Trudeau in Canada, like Biden or whoever he is, Mayorkas, his Homeland Direct Security Director, uh, Miley, who's a traitor to the United States and the Congress and the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Those people, if, if they say anything in public at all, people will, just like that, able to read their minds and they will be able to see right through what they're saying. And you will get the truth. Um, we're starting that process now. Um, and if you follow your intuition, believe me, you will never, ever go wrong. I always take precautions before I do. I always cover myself with a cone of white light. Then I put a series of mirrors around me facing outward to deflect any negativity. Um, uh, and these techniques I've learned over the last and developed over the last 30 years. You're not going to find them in any textbook except in my books. I've written <laughs> the, the, a lot about that. Also, I wanted to tell people that... Um, We've had some delays, but starting on June 30th, 
um, next month I will be teaching classes at, uh, with Alfred Weber at his Omni University in Vancouver, Canada. It'll be online. I hope we can get to teaching it in person one of these days, but uh, the classes are very reasonable, uh, very, very reasonable. And um, for more information, just send me an email and I can send you the links and everything. My email is outofthisworld. 1150.com, uh, or sorry, out of this world 1150 at gmail.com, or you can write me at out of this world uh, readings at protonmail.com. Uh, um, I'll be having uh, classes on um, how to talk to angels and benevolent extraterrestrials. I'll be having classes on time travel and how to astral travel, how to do remote viewing. Um, I'll be uh, uh, having classes on how to determine your life purpose. Um, how to get uh, information from the other side, and they're never wrong. They're never wrong. The information you get in the higher dimensions is always right. Now, some people can't handle the truth, which is fine, um, but it is coming, and we're all going into a time right now when there will be only, uh, only the truth. Finally, I mentioned earlier, I just remembered that I teach you something about time travel, um, uh, and time travel is possible. I do it quite a bit myself. Um, it's possible to travel anywhere in the past, anywhere in the present, in this or other dimensions or other universes. And it's also time travel. Time travel is also possible to go into the future as well. But um, you have to remember, um, because Earth is a free will planet, if you go out five years um, into the future, your accuracy rate can maybe drop down to 60 or 80 percent because of the free will, um, because people's free will can change and they can change their mind. But there are, however, main main um, courses of action, main avenues, which remain the same, like we are ascending right now, that is for sure. Even if you go about five or 10 or even 20 years, you'll still see that the case. There are minor variations, of course, that can occur, and that depends upon um, people's uh, free will. But everyone will have this ability soon Everyone will be able to communicate telepathically. Everyone will be able to do remote viewing. Um, uh, everyone will be able to tell whether their partner, spouse, friend, colleague, business associate are telling the truth or they're lying. Um, uh, uh, everyone will be able to tell um, uh, that Biden is fake um, and uh, he lies through his teeth um, and we should get rid of him. Everyone will be able to have that realization here very, very soon, if not already. And I guess the, the only positive thing that you can say about what's going on right now politically in the United States as we celebrate Memorial Day on Monday is that it's, it provides an opportunity for people to, to wake up. Um, one of the things people don't realize, there is a famous Chinese billionaire who about three or four months ago made a speech in China that um, the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, was extremely happy that Biden's um, fake government had pushed the, um, the shots on all U.S. military personnel because they said that was the easiest way to disable the U.S. military and come in and take over the United States. I've done remote viewing before. I did it last year, and under, the, under their uh, plans, they had planned to attack the United States in September um, of this year, 2023, coming in through the West Coast. Um, there are, there would, they had plans to um, um, have uh, Governor Inslee in Washington, um, the uh, Premier of British Columbia in British Columbia, Canada, the Governor of Oregon and Newsom in California, all welcome the Chinese um, uh, military 
as well as General Miley would be working with the Chinese as well in coming in coming into our West Coast. Sounds bizarre, but that's what I was told. Um, that plan now has been pushed to next year because China has been suffering a lot of internal political problems um, within their own country. People are tired of being controlled, but that is on the table. And if we don't get rid of these government uh, so-called officials, um, that's what we can look forward to. Surprised? I'm not. Biden is the finest that Chinese money can buy, as is um, um, as is uh, all of these uh, uh, state governors. A lot of them are corrupt. They don't know how to tell the truth, um, even if they were forced to. And this is what we get for being complacent and not standing up for our rights. Um, we deserve better. The world deserves better. The world deserves to be free. We lived, we, we, we deserve to be free and, and happy and healthy on this planet and in this country. With that, my friends, I hope you all have a wonderful Memorial Day. And um, I'll bring on my client, uh, my, uh, my next guest, Reba Epler. Um, Reba, are you there? I hope you are. She's been waiting uh, patiently here. Oh, did she go away? No, no, I'm here. Oh, okay, great. Great. You can. Um, okay, great. Nice to see you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about your work um, for people who don't know you. And um, yeah, what, tell us a little about what you do in, in 25 words or less. Um, so just kidding about the 25 words. You can talk for longer than 25 words. <laughs> um, I am from Wyoming. I grew up here and we ranch. My family's been in ranching for at least four generations in Wyoming, but we've been here for six. And I went to law school because of threats to the land and threats to the people on the land. Mm -hmm. And um, I practiced law in rural Wyoming for at least 10 years. Mm -hmm. And recently, the reason that I'm on is because a group of Farmers and ranchers, ranches and water and land and their whole operations were under threat because people were were applying for water rights that would have dried up their whole valley. And this is the Horse Creek Valley in Wyoming. So uh -huh. Uh -huh. I represented a large group of ranchers and an enormous amount of land represented in representing those ranchers to protect the land and the water mm -hmm. from greed and extraction of the groundwater. Wow. Okay. Wow, fantastic! I have I I I was so rushed this morning. I apologize, uh, Reba. I had forgot to send the link to Don to play, but I'll I'll find it. I'll find it now and do that. So and and as we discussed earlier yesterday, um, it's a pretty clear cut cut battle between greed and um and and water rights, but also clean water too, because these individuals who are interested in exploiting the water want to do fracking. Um, is that right? Um, tell us a little bit about that and how that destroys, hurt, hurts the land. In 2019, a, a family in southeastern Wyoming applied for eight groundwater permits that were huge. It would have taken out 1.5 billion gallons of water every year. 1.5 billion gallons is enough uh -huh. to water 15,000 people. And wow. okay. so... It was be and their their request was speculative, and that's so they were applying for an agricultural water right um but we felt and we believe and have enough evidence to support that that they were applying for these because the ultimate end game would have been for them to sell their water 
so they would have made a huge profit on the water and in in wyoming and it's the same in every state the water belongs to the people and it's managed in trust by the government so they would be taking the people's water the earth's water and applying it to a very speculative agricultural use that was so marginal that it could not have possibly been profitable and then the ultimate goal would have been to be able to sell it to frac or to a municipality because Cheyenne is always looking for water. So the goal was mm-hmm. to ultimately acquire this enormous water right because it would have given them a lot of power to control that water. But it would have been to the absolute detriment of everybody around them and and including anybody up downstream from them because that would have dried up the creek. And so many people rely on the creek for their surface water rights to irrigate their crops, their hay, and water their livestock. Right. Wow. Okay. And um, what's what's happened with the government there? I know that um, I, I know that there's been a lot of controversy regarding um, that as well. What what could you tell me about that? You you've had to actually you you had to you had to fight not so much them but the government out there what's happened as far as that goes so like i said the water belongs to the state of wyoming the people it actually belongs to the people and to be managed in mm-hmm. trust by the government mm-hmm. and our constitution mm-hmm. says that our wyoming constitution but the there is also the creation of an entity in the constitution be called the state engineer's office and the state engineer's office is tasked with overseeing water right appropriations Ironically, the state engineer's office is also tasked with, and this is in statute, conservation of the groundwater resource. So when this family applied for these rights, they applied under a very bogus order called the 2015 order. It was put in place April 1st, 2015. We call it the April Fool's Day order. And it allowed for basically the unlimited extraction of groundwater in an area that's already known to be very water stressed. This is southeastern Wyoming, which is part of the Ogallala Aquifer. And the Ogallala Aquifer is enormous. It it spans Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and South Dakota. And in parts of those states, they've pumped it so hard for agriculture that they've absolutely dried it up. And in some parts of Texas, they predict that it would take 6,000 years for the water to recharge. And we we can't be taking that kind of water out of the resource because the resource is connected to the surface water. Groundwater and surface water are the same. And that was a big fight in our case was the government was unwilling to recognize the connection, hydrological connection between groundwater and surface water. So... When we did this lawsuit, it felt like the we had to fight the government harder than we had to fight the Lurwick family because the government wanted so badly to have the right to grant any permit that came their way that they were willing to do such a reckless thing as to grant these water rights to the detriment of everyone else just so that they could protect their right to grant permits. And we stood up to that and we said no. Wow, that's amazing. Have you been getting a lot of support, public support, in your battle, by the way? 
we have had a tremendous amount of support. We were supported by environmental organizations, ranching organizations, and both those are those are on the opposite ends of the spectrum usually. Um, but in this case, they both felt that this was going to harm the environment, but it was also going to harm existing agricultural businesses in the area. And some of these agricultural businesses are going on 150 years old. And I don't know many businesses that have lasted 150 years, except for these ranching operations. So yeah. the, the threat to the existing, very productive, already very profitable, very cons fiscally conservative ranches would have been absolutely undermined by the granting of these water rights. So those people supported yeah. us. We, we had support from our ranching community. We had support from Nebraska, people in the state of Nebraska because that this water ultimately goes to the state of Nebraska and they would have been shorted as well. We had support from the government, ultimately the state government, because we were able to get the law changed to protect the resource um, requiring the applicant to have a tremendous amount of proof, much more proof than, than the Lurwicks put on um, when they applied for a water right. So we, we, we had a, we had so much support, but this spanned two and a half years and it was just so much work. And so it required a lot of, well, it required almost all of my time. And it also required the support of, of all of these people, hundreds and hundreds of people came to support us. Um, people wrote letters to the state engineer's office, not even on my asking that they were very concerned about the granting of these water rights. So people, when we got the word out in the media that this was going on, people absolutely were very concerned with, with the granting of these. So yeah, we had a lot of support. We still need support because the effort was so enormous and mm -hmm. we, if we need to keep, we need to be able to continue to have support because, because the governor, or I'm sorry, the state engineer has never either granted or denied these water rights. They're sitting on his desk. And I have seen a, a draft or a proposed order granting these water rights. We oppose that, of course, but that's just what we're what we're up against is that the government would still want to grant these water rights. And we need to have a, a lot of support from people to to stop this. This cannot happen. We've had another peoples we had support from were the tribes. We had support from the Cheyenne tribe and the Arapaho tribe and the mm -hmm. um, Shoshone tribe and the Navajo tribe to, to, to help because this land is very sacred to them. So right. it was a really amazing outpouring of support. But, but like I say, we can't, we can't just sit on our heels and think that we can lay back and, wait, we have to just continue to ready ourselves for whatever's coming. Well, I think it's important to educate people. Um, now this government in, um, uh, this government in Wyoming sounds pretty corrupt. Um, tell me a little bit about it. Are they, uh, I mean, what, <laughs> how can they ignore the people? I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Biden ignores people all the time, you know, so. I mean. Well, I'm I'm going to push back on that a little bit because we had a governor that was very supportive of us. Mark Gordon was mm -hmm. supportive of us and recognized what was at stake for our ranchers. And he mm -hmm. he was he signed our bill 
He could have, okay. he could have vetoed it. He could have let it come into law without signing it, but he signed it and had a ceremony, a, cer- a signing ceremony on our bill. So I'm going to push back a little bit on the, the whole government being corrupt, but, but I would say that the, the problem is with this agency. I'm sorry. I'm a little jaded. I'm a it's little with jaded. The agency. It's with the agency because the agency is tasked with conserving the groundwater, but they were, they wanted to create a situation or a scenario where they allowed unlimited extraction of that resource, which is the opposite definition of con- conservation. So I would say that if anything, it was the Wyoming State Engineer's Office that was problematic because because this so obviously interfered with water rights. We were we were so obviously able to show that it interfered with water rights, which in our government, in our system of government, you can't, your, your activity can go so far as somebody else's property rights. And so this was going to infringe upon, take other people's existing and very, very senior water rights. And it's going to interfere with a, what you call priority water rights. So in Wyoming, the, the priority is for water for man and beast. And this would have taken water away from man and beast and applied it to one extraordinarily marginal agricultural operation that could not have possibly been a legitimate operation. And two, um, it, it just, it would have interfered with everyone's rights, everyone's right to make a living on the land. And and then you take it a step further, how much it would have actually harmed the land because there's so much wildlife out on this land. There's so many springs, there's beavers, there's birds, there's just such a host of wildlife that, that lives in this area that would have been impacted. And in Wyoming, in the, in the West in general, um, 4% of there's 4% of the surface in a high estimate is, springs wetlands creeks rivers etc riparian areas right right 80 percent of the wildlife relies on four percent of the land for their survival oh my god that's amazing yeah. oh uh wouldn't you be getting um i know you've been working with um um you've been working with Susie smith so i'm going to bring her on now and um uh she thought we were going to start in 15 minutes but i'll bring her on early no problem um and i can do that just through my phone it's just easier that way um so oh hi Susie. here i'll put you on speaker and you'll be part of the program okay there you go can you hear us okay I can hear you all great. Okay, great. Hi, Hi. Hi, Reba. Hi. Hi, great, great. Yeah, Reba came on a little early, but that's good. Um, 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 Susie, how have you been helping Reba with her work? Um, I 
would say spiritual support. That's I, nice. I've been following the case very closely, and so I just wanted to be here today to offer uh, my support and encouragement because I, I think that it's critical that uh, people understand and talk about and share what's going on and, and also this huge um, – uh, situation that they have done so well in, well, I say Reba like she's a bunch of people, but Reba, you know, did it on, on a, mostly her own steam, but of course she was surrounded by a lot of wonderful professionals too, like the hydrologist that was uh, so awesome. I don't know how much you guys have talked about so far, but um, anyway, I'm pretty familiar with with her situation, and it's just very exciting that she's on today talking about it. Yeah, well, that's good. Thank you. Thank you, Susie. Um, I, um, I think water is a big issue. Um, um, the World Economic for for Forum has ominously said that water is their next issue. And as the chairman of Nestle said a couple of years ago, people don't have a right to, to, to water, to public water. It's all private. And if they want water, they have to pay for it. I disagree with that, of course. Um, but I think it's it's going to be a big issue, especially for clean water. Water, we are uh, seven, humans are 70% water, uh, just like planet Earth is 70% water. So there's a lot of tie-in to the work of Dr. Emoto and and his work as well, which is very important. You know, I mean, uh, so this this ties into that as well. And so these water issues are 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 coming to the fore for all over the planet now. Um, you know, uh, Nestle has. Um, from what I've been told, Nestle is now putting um, uh, graphene and um, especially the graphene. I don't know about the nanobots, but especially the graphene into many water brands. And uh -huh. they've done that. They've done it in Italy with Pellegrino water. So when you spend, spend that extra couple of bucks for that, you're, you think you're getting wonderful water from Italy. Well, you may be getting water from Italy, but you're also getting a, a one to two ounces of graphene in that in those bottles and scientists in Switzerland proved it last year with their own thing but they they had a special dis distillation process where they boiled it down they were able to see a bunch of graphene at the bottom so you're drinking that crap and the graphene is what uh, Dr. Nestler in Germany last fall before he was murdered said that that was all part of um, those are like little razor blades that cut through your arteries and causes you heart attacks um, that's one of the problems with the shop program. So now you're getting it through their water. So personally, uh, in, and in Arrowhead water, where S, I'm, I don't want to get off track, but Arrowhead water in Los Angeles, um, that was once owned by Native American. He sold out to Nestle, and now the, that water has highest, the highest fluoride content of all bottled water products in the United States. And there, there's uh, not one word, not one word of the fluoride in those water products. Is it illegal? As as illegal as 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 Biden is as a three dollar bill, um, yeah, it's illegal. But nobody calls it because you've got Newsom, Governor Newsom in California, and they're not going to do anything. Biden's not going to do anything. We have a fake government, so buyer beware. If you buy Arrowhead water, even though it says organic and all this other crap, that's an absolute lie. Test it yourself. You can look it up on the web. Um, I think the power of the people, Ted, is going to make all the difference because recently I saw somebody delineate exactly how Gavin Newsom and mm -hmm. and Biden, how they're all related to each other, just like the monarchy in Europe. But the power yeah. of the people is knows that water is 
not only just, I mean, when I was doodling, waiting to be come on today, I wrote, you know, water is love, love is God. I mean, it's like we're, it's all one. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are mostly water. And right. the spirit of God and, and our love is part of that. And so we're taking back our power now as part of our ascension. And people like you and Reba are speaking strongly mm-hmm. to how we can move forward to take back our power so that we're aware of their things. Just like just like um, the um, uh the advertisement about what happened with with Bud Light and with Target, well, guess what? Yeah. You know, nobody's shopping at those places anymore. And we can do the same with water, and we can call them out on it, and yeah. we can take our power back step by step. Yeah, I agree. I'll drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how, how far have you gotten into the story, Reba? Well, we we started with the with the beginning of Adam and Eve, and then the evolution of humanity. <laughs> we covered, um, uh, you know, half a million years of evolution, and now we're just getting to the 20th century. So anyway, well, go ahead, Reba. You mentioned about being up for the Edward G. Morrow Award. Didn't get to that, but I'll let Reba talk about that. And we are going to play that segment. It's a 29-minute award-winning segment that we'll play in a few it is, minutes. It is beautiful. And and let me promise people who think that that's a long time to contribute to listening to a video about water, you will learn things on this video. It is beautiful and inspiring. And we have to we have to keep inspiring each other and moving in a positive um, direction. Thank you. Thank you, Susie. Yeah. Reva, go go ahead and talk about talk about the the documentary. We'll we'll play that next in about ten minutes or so. Okay, so um, in the process of this, you asked about support. Um, there was a lot of media support, and we had a a woman named Melody Edwards, who is a very good reporter from Wyoming Public Radio. She did a lot of news stories about it, but then she also did a podcast about it, uh, and that podcast is called Slow Waters Run Deep. In her series, The Modern West. And it was super popular in Wyoming and obviously very popular because it was selected uh, as the regional winner for the Edward R. Murrow Award for that podcast. And now it's I thought up- it was absolutely it was beautiful. Just Thank beautiful. You. Yeah, and so it's up for the national award, which which would bring real attention to this. We I mean, people are gonna listen to that podcast and judging all of these and that will bring those people's attention to it. And then if we can use the attention that that brings to really, really show the government that people care and are very concerned about this. And we never stopped caring. I mean, this thing has been going on since 2019. I'm on year four almost of the Lurwick water case. And it's we we really have to convey to the government that they must listen to the people about the the water and that it is absolutely wrong to grant water rights to a, such a small number of people to control such an enormous amount of water because water does not res, respect property lines neither does air so water when you take groundwater out it the the boundaries of the what you call the cone of depression extend far beyond the property lines if you only, if there was some magical property 
boundary that water respected, that would be one story. But here we have something that is a common resource. And when you take it, the cones of depression span for many miles, sometimes up to 10 miles. And when they do, they take water from surface water. And in the United States, we are having an issue with all of our streams and creeks and rivers going dry in our wetlands. And that is largely, well, I'm not going to say largely, but a big part of that is groundwater pumping. And then they they predict that because of all the groundwater pumping that we have going on for agriculture, for municipal use, that by well, 2050, water. Exactly. But by 2050, we're supposed to have 80% of our creeks, rivers, streams, wetlands dried up because of 80%. groundwater pumping. 80%. Really? That's not just in the dry west. That's even in the east. There are already well, that's, problems that's in the east. Desert with, coming. Yeah, that's and, that's, coming. and that's, that's and I guess Nestle, Nestle will come in then and say, well, we'll sell you the water that we stole from you. And thank we'll God. Pump. But thank God our Wyoming Constitution says the water belongs to the people. And Wyoming uh-huh. has this unbelievable water law system where it cannot be privatized. Yes, you can sell it by this way of like the Lurwicks were trying to do, but that's not selling like you see in Colorado. Uh-huh. Huh. The water right has to remain tied to the land in Wyoming. We have to protect that. Otherwise, what will happen is what's happening in Colorado, which is bad. We don't want to have this water right. Does the Ogallala Aquifer cover more than Wyoming, Reba? Yes, it covers Wyoming. Well, eastern Wyoming, eastern Colorado, eastern New Mexico, Texas, West Texas, Central Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and South Nebraska, and South Dakota. It's an enormous. So, them, so their wells would actually affect all of those states, or could potentially no, 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 no. That no. we we do not predict with our modeling that it will expand to that that extent. But the but it will affect those states because this sets such a horrible precedent. This sets such an example of misuse of a resource that it's not like other people won't copy this. They will say, wow, in Wyoming, you were able to get that water right. Even in a control area where it's recognized that the groundwater is impacted, you were able to get that? Well, then I'm going to do the same. And so it just creates a horrible example for, like you're saying, Nestle probably is well aware of this case um, and is watching it very closely. Probably, yeah. Right. Right, yeah. Our water in Wyoming, our groundwater in the Ogallala, is so good. It tastes so good. It's so clean. It is the best water on the planet. And it's mm-hmm. just unbelievable to me that we, we have treated it this way. It's it's really, it's not a good, good. It's It doesn't set a good example for how you properly manage such a precious resource. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Are the uh, are the native uh, Indian tribes in that area involved in this, Reba? Yes, um, they were very pleased that we invited them to the land, to our springs, to see what was going to be impacted. We've prayed at some of these sacred sites. We've gathered. We've had meetings with the Cheyenne. Arapaho, okay, beautiful. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that now. And yes, Navajo. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I think that you know the um, the more groups that we could bring together to unify and strength against you know the corporations that are strictly about profit and greed. Let's face it. Um, 
that it's very important to do so. I had to, so, oh, pardon me, interrupt. Um, but Susie, you remember I had a I had a, a fellow on my show last week named Samuel Chong. And, oh, yeah. And he's been uh, he's translated uh, books about uh, the prophecy, the Theoboa prophecies. And you're going to ask, well, who are the Theoboas? Well, they they are uh, they are benevolent ETs and they say they they seeded this planet 1.35 million years ago. And they said there's four things uh, ruining this planet. And the worst one is money. That's the worst one. So uh, you meant about money. That's it. <laughs> Politicians was one of those four. Yeah, politicians, journalists. Um, what about our, not all of them. Melody is obviously trying to bring a very Oh, good... I know. I mean, I'm not saying, I don't, mean, <laughs> I don't mean to say everyone's in that boat, but you know what I mean? There are exceptions, you know. Um, but... Melody really is an exception because I've read her articles and I, yeah. and I know that she has a conscience, but there are a lot of journalists who are just working for the money now. And, and a uh -huh. lot of those journalists are stepping away because they, they don't know how to change the system they're in. Mm -hmm. And, and they know that, you know, there's, there's not a good ethical um, standard for, for the field uh, right, right now, I, I, very, right. very unfortunate, yeah. but um, it is that way. Well, there's okay. a, there's a, tell us briefly about this, the, the video um, that House won an award and it's up for this, for this, uh, for this uh, achievement. And then we'll, I'll ask Don, my, my friend Don to play it. But any, tell a little, a little bit about intro about this uh, segment. Okay, so this is the Modern West podcast that M Melody Edwards has been doing for years. Mm -hmm. And this ep this season, she focused on the West, on, on people who live on the land, essentially. Mm -hmm. And she was so gracious. She came to the trial and recorded it and observed it. And she just was so actively involved in this case. So she's got, she's got recording of um, the trial. She's also got recording of our very good friend, Alan Kirkbride, who unfortunately at the end of this case died. Mm. Um, and she's got, she talks to a lot of people in that podcast and, and she has somebody from the USGS who one of our great hydrologists worked for. So she did a really good job of getting so many voices from a variety of people mm. on the subject. And so I, I can't say enough good about Melody, and I really hope that she wins this because it'll bring so much attention to what she does, and it'll promote her work because her her new season is actually about um, the tribes. So she has a whole podcast this season about tribes. So she's super focused on on people that need the media attention. I see. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, why don't we go ahead? I'll ask Don if you don't mind, Don, uh, if you could play that. It's twenty nine minutes long. I hope you're able to get the link. Okay, my friend. And, um, I was, but I believe it's just audio because you gave me Apple Podcasts, and I believe it's just audio, and everybody's saying video, video, so I'm a little lost. Oh, all right. Well, Reba, you you know that better. I I, I sent Don the, the the link to it, so I mean, we if it's audio, we could listen too. That's fine. Um, right. But is it... If it's a video, then we're going to need another link. No, it's an audio, Don, and also there's okay. a PDF that I sent you. That I used to talk on a thing called Water Stories about this case. If you want to just oh. play that in the background of mine. Um, oh, okay. Uh, well, I'm, that'd be a trick to run to to show a PDF 
or even just a picture. There's pictures in that a PDF about the land. Well, you know, I've had a busy morning, and um, I haven't had a chance to. Um, yeah, we're uh, going to have to. We're not going to be able to do the videos or the PDF. But if you want to send okay. it to contact at bbsradio.com, I can hook it to the podcast. And that people can click on that PDF anytime they want. But again, send it to contact at bbsradio.com. And uh, I'll make sure to hook it to the podcast, and every anybody can uh, view it at that time. But right now, we're just going to be able to play the audio for this production. Okay. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine because there are people listening audio too, so that that works out. Right. Right. Can you say that yeah. one more time? Info. Uh, or contact. It, yeah, contact at bbsradio.com. I'll type it right in. There we go. Oops, I actually typed that into Ted, but I'll type it to public. Yeah. Okay. BBSradio.com. Here we go. Okay, it's you 29 minutes long. Please listen, together, my friends. Or realize that this podcast, it's actually produced by a nonprofit, listener-supported Wyoming Public Media. We're just a little old station housed in a basement on the beautiful University of Wyoming campus. We aren't getting paid big bucks as a for-profit business. No siree, we're making this podcast not for money, but because everyone on our team believes in what we do, telling the missing stories of the real American West. But that means we rely on people like you. If you make sure to download every episode as soon as it comes out, or have been telling all your friends what a big Modern West fan you are, or would be seriously bummed if we disappeared from your feed, if all that describes you, I wonder if you'd take a quick minute to do something for me. Get into your browser and search for themodernwest.org and find the donate button. It doesn't matter how much you commit to five dollars or a hundred it just matters that you show us that you want us to keep telling these stories my recommendation pause this episode and do it real quick before you forget at themodernwest.org this season of the modern west is sponsored by wyoming humanities committed to working with indigenous nations to expand the wyoming narrative more information is available at thinkwy.org imagine those great individualists of the late 19th century they muster their courage to leave behind everything sail across an ocean to america buy themselves a set of oxen and a prairie schooner load it up with provisions and embark westward into the setting sun. And when they lay eyes on the Rocky Mountains, what's the very first thing that they start looking for? Not gold, not plentiful grass, nope, water. That's what rancher Alan Kirkbride's ancestors did when they came here from Yorkshire, England in 1889. They homesteaded on flowing water on Horse Creek on the plains of the newly minted state of Wyoming. Water melted from snow off the nearby Laramie Range. Crisp, clean water. Nothing like the polluted water back home. Those early settlers, man, they loved mountain waters. My great-great-uncle, who was in the next place, he used to drink out of the creek. Everybody drank. This was, people, really? this was a drinking water. You know. yeah. And he said, the best little creek there is. 
It didn't matter that lots of tribal nations were already relying on this water. It wasn't long before all the land with flowing water was claimed. Indigenous people were relegated to reservations on the driest part of the country. And it wasn't just pioneer families snatching up all the well-watered homesteads. Often it was speculators and big cattle companies. After a while, all that was left was arid land. Almost as soon as Europeans arrived, the water disputes began. Anne McKinnon is the author of the book Public Waters, Lessons from Wyoming for the American West. Anne's a Wyoming icon a journalist who's been covering water issues here for decades. Back then, she says the rule in the West was first in time, first in right. Of course, it overlooked that tribes were the ones actually first in time. But Anne says those early settlers only saw it from their own point of view. Whoever got their hands on gold first or land first or water first, you know, they ought to have the best rights to it because, by God, it was a big effort to get there and there's blood, sweat, and tears and all that stuff. And in Wyoming, you know, for a while, you could post a notice on a tree next to the creek to say that you claimed some of this water. Eventually, a scribbled note nailed onto a tree stopped feeling official enough. Maybe you've heard that old adage, whiskey is for drinking, water is for fighting. Yeah, well, it was a real thing. And over the generations, it's continued to be a thing. Alan Kirkbride inherited that homestead on Horse Creek and loved ranching along it. But he says the water wars his ancestors witnessed, they're nothing compared to what's coming. We talk about people fighting over water, that they've been doing it for 100 years. Well, we see the future is very possible. Continual difficulties between different users. It's in our future, I guess. And for Alan and his neighbors, that future has arrived. From Wyoming Public Media and PRX, this is the Modern West. Exploring the evolving identity of the American West, I'm Melody Edwards. Southeast Wyoming is flat, thirsty country. Yellow Prairie as far as the eye can see. That is, until I arrived at Alan Kirkbride's ranch. I drove down a bluff to his house among the flowering trees and evergreens. Here, it was a lush oasis, thanks to the creek flowing through. As soon as I got there, Alan took me out on his ATV to see where this creek originates as groundwater seeping out of the ground. Like other ranchers we've met, Alan's a rancher who's been thinking a lot about how to help slow the climate crisis. So you see this little creek right here? This, yeah. Those just, are all cattails. Okay. And uh, cattails are one of the best carbon sinks going. They're great. Wetlands are great carbon sinks. The cattails grow along a curve in some fascinating white cliffs. We followed the spring to where it flowed into Horse Creek. Now, now you see these are... Coyote willows here, aren't they? And uh, taller trees, then you've got river willows, uh, all those down by my house on Sprager. And then you've got some box elders that are taller, all pretty much natives, all yeah. those guys. Here, the stream goes wide and flat thanks to beaver dams that slow down the water flow, creating even more wetlands. Allen said Horse Creek is the last remaining free flowing stream in Laramie County. Groundwater drilling has dried up all the rest. But now he's afraid even Horse Creek's days are numbered. 
A local ranching family, the Lurwicks, want to drill a bunch of enormous wells that would use vast amounts of water below this landscape. It's terrible timing from Alan's point of view. Right now, climate change is causing the American West to experience what's being called a mega drought, the worst water shortage in 1,200 years. The Ogallala Aquifer that feeds Horse Creek is a huge underground water source supplying eight states. It's immense, an underground sea that stretches from Oklahoma and Texas north across the Great Plains to the Rocky Mountains. And it's those states that are the country's breadbasket. They use all that water to grow a fifth of the nation's crops. It may seem safely stored away for the future, but Alan and some of his more environmentally-minded neighbors are finding out that water is disappearing fast. Look what's happened on the South Plains, West Texas all the way up. It's been the same story. Water table goes down, creeks go dry. So taking a hint from what's happened in the South and Central Plains, why obviously it's going to happen here. Alan said the Lurwick family saw an opportunity to make money in the short term, but he and his ranching neighbors want to see Horse Creek keep flowing forever. Alan said there was no hero coming out of the woodwork to save them. If they wanted to stop those wells from getting drilled, they were going to have to do it themselves. So Alan and 17 other neighbors decided to hire a water attorney from among their own ranks, Reba Epler. It's wintertime a few months later, and I'm headed up to see the headwaters of one of the creeks that weren't so lucky. Reba's driving a terrifying snow-packed highway up into the Laramie Range. It rises up out of the high plains in southeastern Wyoming, a long, shaggy ridge covered in ancient limber pines and fascinating rock formations. It's the birthplace of Lodgepole Creek that supplies the capital city Cheyenne with some of its water. Reba's family has been bringing cattle to graze in the national forest on these mountain meadows for generations. She remembers growing up on these creeks. Like little old Lodgepole Creek used to have pretty good flow in it. And when I was a kid, we'd always go, there used to be like turtle migrations across the road. You'd have to stop and move them across or catch them and put them in a tank and feed them ground beef for a while. And then when you get, when you, it's time to put them back in the creek, whatever. But there used to be like, amphibians and turtles and reptiles down there. Lodgepole Creek used to be the longest creek in the U.S., but now it's dried up in several areas due to groundwater pumping. Reba parks her car, and we get out and tromp across the snow to see the creek. Creeks. This time of year, it's frozen. Reba studied hydrology, so I ask her how healthy this draw looks to her. Well, obviously, you've got willows, and that is such a good thing. Um, willows and beavers go together. Beavers are such a such an important part of the creeks. Um, well, I mean, look how the water, or look how the snow drifts in the creeks yeah. and in the willows, and you just have stored hydration, and down here there's a meadow. For Reba, thinking about the health of the land is kind of a family tradition. A decade ago, when the Colorado butterfly plant started sliding toward extinction, her parents worked with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and agreed to reduce grazing along the creek to help save the plant. We started out like one plant or maybe zero plants of that Colorado butterfly plant, and, and over the course of the 
10-year period of being in that, I think we were up to 500 last count. And so it's a place where there's that plant is proliferating and then the the, gra- the creek comes up and it'll distribute those seeds. So it really is a wonderful you know, contribution to that plant. They've worked hard to protect this landscape. That's why it came as such a big shock when her dad found out what another ranching family had done. My dad noticed those ads in the paper because they have to notice those. And he he was like, this is crazy, eight wells. The Lurwick family had applied to drill eight high-capacity water wells into the Ogallala Aquifer under southeast Wyoming. They said they needed it to irrigate their crops, but the amount of water they were asking for was enough to cover 4,700 acres with a foot of water, one and a half billion gallons. And that's enough to water 13,000 people a year and their lawns. After they heard about the well applications, Reba's dad and some of the neighbors knew what this could mean for the creeks and springs and wells that they relied on. They'd heard about places in other states where the Ogallala Aquifer had been drained down. Look what's happened in western Kansas and eastern New Mexico. Those towns are, they're like on the brink of having to just move because they've taken all their groundwater. That could happen here very easily. In southern Kansas, it's so bad that groundwater has dropped 150 feet, forcing ranchers to abandon their wells altogether. Reba agreed to represent the 17 ranchers to fight the application to drill the eight wells. They especially wanted to try to save the creek that was still flowing, Horse Creek, that I visited with Alan. In court, Reba made her case to a committee whose job was to oversee water decisions for the region. assert to you that this creek, this stretch of the creek, is the last running creek in Laramie County. The rest of the creeks have been harmed so detrimentally that they have passed their ecological threshold. In the courtroom, Reba didn't let the formality of the setting stop her from expressing her passion for this place and its waters. And I would like to point out These are some of the oldest surface water rights in the state of Wyoming, some of the oldest ranches, some of the most magnificent places you have ever seen that stand to be lost. And it makes me almost cry because I've seen them and I have been on them and I know what will be lost. Jim Pike made a very similar case to the state of Wyoming a dozen years ago when bad droughts started heating up. Jim is the retired district conservationist for Laramie County, where Reba and all her clients ranch. Back in 2010, Jim noticed monitors were showing the aquifer drawing down way too fast. He knew that could dry up creeks and wells in no time. So Jim partnered with a state lawmaker to apply for some funding through the Farm Bill to adopt a program that paid ranchers to quit irrigating so much with their center pivots. That's those big sprinkler systems on wheels. And it encouraged the state to stop issuing permits for new high-capacity wells. Jim's program was wildly successful. You know, everybody was on board, and so after we, in about four years, we reduced annual pumping by a billion gallons of water annually. And uh, so I was surprised when the uh, 
state engineer then issued an order to allow for some high capacity wells to for people to apply for it. Probably in response to some of the larger oil companies that had moved into Laramie County and needed water. Needed water for their fracking process and drilling for natural gas. This all raises an uncomfortably squishy question. Was the Lurwick family applying for these permits so that they could irrigate crops, as they said, or so that they could sell the water to energy companies? Because if so, there's a word for that. Speculation. Saying you need water for one thing and then hoarding it to use for something else. I reached out to the Lurwicks and their lawyer, but they declined to comment. But in court, the Lurwicks insisted the water was for crops. Here's their lawyer. William Heiser. The proposed use in this situation is irrigation. That's what we're asking for in this situation. To say that irrigation is not a beneficial use, I think flies in the face of the statute. But when a member of the Lurwick family was pressed in court on whether he would transfer the use of the water from irrigation to oil and gas development, he said, quote, possibly, but not likely. That word possibly set his neighbor's teeth on edge. Speculation isn't technically illegal in Wyoming, but Reba argues it's basically illegal since courts have punished it over and over again throughout state history. There is case law in the state of Wyoming that is still controlling that says that speculation of water rights is not permitted. It is completely contrary to public policy, public interest. And so if there is an ulterior motive, then it should not be something that the state engineer is holding in the back of his mind that, well, They might be putting water to a very marginal use, but in a couple years they'll be able to sell it to frack, and it's really going to benefit the state. That is the purest definition of speculation. Sure, there might be legal precedent, but attorney William Heiser argues that the courtroom isn't the place to set such policy. This forum is not the place to challenge those rules. That's down the hall and up the stairs if you want to change the rules. If you want to change the law in the state of Wyoming, that's where you need to go, not here. Down the hall and up the stairs is the state legislature. Last year, the state of Colorado tried and failed to pass anti-speculation legislation. If it didn't fly in Colorado, I can tell you this, it definitely ain't going to fly in Wyoming. Ann McKinnon, the water historian we heard from earlier says the state of Wyoming has become more reluctant to change its water laws over the years. Maybe because it's here that Western water law was originally developed, including the very idea of public waters, that water belongs to us all, and how it's used must benefit us all. Wyoming people very justifiably are very proud of their water law system. It was a an important system and a sort of a key system that others followed in the 1890s. But people also often tend to also think that it is practically uh, tablets written in stone. Anne says with the onset of climate change, those stone tablets may need some revising. At this rate, scientists say in the next 50 years, the Ogallala Aquifer is expected to be depleted by 70%. That'll make a few people wealthy in the short term, But without groundwater feeding streams and wetlands, America's breadbasket will go dry and will release what's left of all that stored grassland carbon into the atmosphere. As we've heard, grasslands are the most threatened ecosystem in the world.
one of the great strengths of Wyoming water law is that it has changed over time to accommodate the needs of our society in this particular place as that society has changed over 130 years and that it will need to keep on changing. But to make such changes, it'll take some education. A lot of people, including policymakers, have screwy ideas about groundwater that collects in aquifers. They think it's separate from surface water, like water in streams, when really, it's all part of the same system. They're basically the same thing, you know. That's Olivia Miller, a hydrologist with the U.S. Geological Survey in Utah. Water, whether it's snow or rain, falls on the land surface. Some of it runs off into streams and some of it seeps through soils and then enters aquifers, you know, in, in the subsurface. Olivia says people also seem to think that groundwater is safe from the evaporation caused by climate change. She says, nope, not even kind of. Groundwater is vulnerable to climate change because the whole water cycle is so closely linked to the climate system. The water cycle, it's just it's that precipitation and temperature that is our climate system. Olivia says in the West, people tend to think of groundwater as an unlimited resource. People turn to groundwater more, so they use it more. But it's, it's sort of like your savings account, where you, you put a little bit in at a time, and then you kind of can draw on it when you need to. But if you just start to rely on that, it, 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 it'll eventually run out. So yeah, in the West, we've come to have a very unhealthy relationship with water. Coming up next, we'll hear from someone with big ideas about how to heal that relationship. Hey everybody, it's Melody. As an independent bookstore owner, you know that I love books. And that includes podcasts about books, which is why I highly recommend checking out Missing Pages, the chart-topping podcast from my friends at the Podglomerate. Missing Pages has been praised as a must-listen by New York Magazine and Washington Post. And there's a good reason why. Each episode, host Beth Ann Patrick, who, by the way, is an NPR book critic, takes you through the publishing industry's most memorable, messy, and fun scandals. That includes the book world's biggest fiascos, like the memorist who didn't exist, and the teenage prodigy turned plagiarist. Needless to say, Missing Pages is worth the hype. I mean, where else can you hear your favorite authors telling the real story, unfit for print, and perfect for podcasting? So don't miss it. Listen to the complete first season of Missing Pages wherever you get your podcasts. And tell them I sent you. For more than 50 years, Wyoming Humanities has proudly reached every county and community by providing grants, offering programs, events, and opportunities for lifelong learning and critical thinking. The mission of Wyoming Humanities is to strengthen the state's democracy by creating an environment of understanding, inspiration, wisdom, and idea sharing. They're sponsoring this season of the Modern West podcast as part of the Native Narratives Initiative. For more information about Wyoming Humanities and its work across the state, visit thinkwy.org. We tend to think of water as a thing, and we have it, and it's here, and maybe I have some, and you don't have some, or maybe I want what you have, and we fight about it. 
You might recognize that voice. It's Judith Schwartz, the ranching optimist who believes cows can save the planet that we heard from a couple episodes back. She also wrote a book called Water in Plain Sight about how to heal the water cycle. To do that, she says, we need to start thinking of water as a verb instead of a noun. It's really useful to understand that water, how water is always in motion. It's like a shapeshifter. It's changing form. So, um, and it's, it's, so it's always on the move. And what's really interesting is that it's driven by life. You know, it's not static. Judith says water is always in motion, but the best is when it's in slow motion. Okay, so we've built our cities and uh, so that we get rid of wastewater as quickly as possible. But in nature, water moves slowly. One of the reasons that it does move slowly is that we've got a lot of critters that are building pathways like earthworms and dung beetles that are creating pathways for the water to slowly meander and therefore doesn't rush off and create damage. Beavers also help slow down the movement of water, causing streams to slither all over the land, spreading moisture around. But pouring 4,700 acre feet of groundwater onto bare dirt like the Lurwicks could decide to do? That's what you call fast water. Reba's a slow water evangelist too. Slow it down, spread it out, and sink it in. You don't want to let water get off your place. When you see water running anywhere, it means the hydrological cycle is broken. Any People are just accustomed to seeing water run off fields and stuff, but that's bad, that's wrong. We cannot let it run off the field. It has to go in the ground. Both Judith and Reba say protecting a minimum flow coming from groundwater and filling streams is crucial because of what it does for the climate. Judith again. If we step back, and we ask ourselves, how does the earth manage heat? We will see that largely it's through water-based processes, through transpiration, through the upward movement of water through plants that is a cooling mechanism, and how that, that water vapor rises up and becomes clouds and how those clouds are reflecting sunlight and this whole choreography of natural processes we know how we can restore any kind of landscape and pivotal to that restoration is restoring the water cycle we have to save our creeks we have to save our wetlands I don't know, but whatever's left is sacred and has to be saved. Up at the headwaters of Lodgepole Creek, Reba looks east toward Cheyenne and imagines this dwindling creek flowing down the mountain into water treatment plants and out into people's homes, filling their bathtubs, boiling their spaghetti. It's not just the energy industry that's slavering for water. Cheyenne is growing rapidly. And the Lurwicks could decide to sell their water to the municipality, too. Reba understands that need. Water, Reba says, it is life. We are water. Well, water represents emotion. It represents the heart. It's in our bodies. It makes up, when you're young, I think you were like 
80% water. And as we get older, the water content of our bodies gets less. Really? Uh-huh. I think at our age, we'd probably be down to like 70% or 65. <laughs> you feel like, and that, and that kind of allows you to communicate. Well, with, yeah, the water, the water. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can... Just like us going out and like talking about the creek. What beauty for the land. We are acknowledging the land. We're giving respect to the land. We're talking about the positive attributes of the creek and the animals on the creek. And then think about that. You bless the water in that way. And then the people in Cheyenne are going to drink that water. And that gives them blessing. Yeah, we are all part of the water cycle. But for right now, Reba just wants to get the state of Wyoming to recognize a small piece of that cycle, the interconnection of groundwater and surface water. First of all, the water law needs to recognize that the groundwater and the surface water are one. We have to stop looking at this as if it's somehow two different things. Somehow that became the thought in Wyoming, and it's just not true. There's no science to support that thought. That's just one of Reba's big goals. She also wants to get lawmakers to make speculation illegal so people can't hoard water for future uses they aren't honest about. And to set a minimum base flow to protect streams. And Reba's not just dreaming. She's taking action. In this year's legislative session, she and Alan and their neighbors went down the hall and up the stairs and proposed a bill to lawmakers that would make the guy applying to drill groundwater responsible for proving it wouldn't hurt other water users. Right now, it's the people who are trying to stop the drilling who are paying for lawyers and experts to prove these wells will drain their creeks. Alan Kirkbride, who showed me his ranch, was especially proactive. He sat before lawmakers and made his case. The request is we felt it's so excessive we just had to respond and uh, contest it. The Wyoming state engineer, Brandon Gebhardt, also testified, but against the bill. He said passing it would make it too easy for ranchers to submit complaints about groundwater drilling applications. These contested cases aren't easy, they aren't cheap, and they take a lot of our staff time. Brandon Gebhardt declined to comment on a pending case, but... Thanks to Allen and Reba and the other ranchers, Wyoming lawmakers did pass that law, putting the burden of proof on applicants to show their wells wouldn't injure other water users. It's no anti-speculation law, but it's something. Well, that's great. Don, thank you so much for uh, for sharing that, and Reba for sending that to me. That's great. And... Um, Anyway, I'm, I'm sure you, we've got about 40 minutes left, um, Reba, and so this is a good time. to. It's pretty clear from that video um, or from the audio um, what they're up to. I mean, eight wells covering uh, 4,700 acres of foot in water. I mean, give me a break. You know, they're going to sell it. They're going to make a ton of money, and they're going to wreck, I don't know, how many, how many, what percentage, 10% of uh, Wyoming, 20%? How much? I mean, how much of the state will they wreck for their own selfish gains to make money, huh? And then the what? What will they take the money buy uh, new sports cars, maybe uh, happy meals? Who knows what they'll do with the money? Will they do anything socially good for it? No, they'll spend it on trips or whatever. Who knows? They'll buy farm equipment with it because they don't want to pay taxes, and so they'll buy equipment to depreciate. I mean, it's such a common thing in agriculture. People when they make a bunch of money. They'll go buy a bunch of farm equipment, and so it only it only benefits the implement dealers or the chemical dealers when so the, farmers so the, get so a windfall whole, of money. 
Yeah, in effect, this, much of the state gets ruined because of these selfish, selfish people and their selfish attorneys and the selfish state engineer and the selfish people in the Wyoming government who care about only their selfish little interests and monies they can grease the back of their hands. Um, who is your governor there? What's, what's that person like? Mark Gordon um, is a conservationist. He was very supportive of our case. He's very supportive of all of our ranchers in the state of Wyoming. And he's mm-hmm. he was extremely aware of this case because everyone was calling him saying, we don't want these wells granted, Mr. Governor. So I would say Mark Gordon did a fantastic job supporting us by signing the law and signaling to the state engineer that this is a extraordinarily unpopular proposal, Mr. State Engineer, do not grant these. It well, maybe makes this... us look like idiots if we grant these because Wyoming's been sued repeatedly by Nebraska and now we're in the Colorado River conflict. And so to grant something like this just makes Wyoming look so well, they are idiots for, unsophisticated. For doing that. About yeah. water. What about what about the state engineer? Is he elected or is he appointed? No. If he's appointed, can he get just get rid of him? He's appointed. So it's get funny to talk about this. Um, yeah. There Life's was a worthless. state engineer before Mr. Gebhardt who quit. The turnover in the state engineer's office is unreal. Um, they they cannot keep people to work in there because I don't think it would be a very fun environment to work in. You know, um, well, maybe they ought to abolish it. They can't do a good job. No, no, we can't by law. We cannot by constitution. We have to have the agency that manages the water. Well, why why don't they just appoint you as a state engineer? Why not? Well, I'm not an engineer. You have to be. Oh, who cares? They don't. They act like they don't have any qualifications anyway. So what difference does it make? Well, in in I mean, I mean. Look at some of the appointees Biden does for his so-called departments, the idiots they appoint. It doesn't matter anymore. You don't need qualifications. You just have to be politically correct. That's all. Well, in in New Mexico, they tried to pass a law that said the state engineer could be a hydrologist, a geologist, um, an ecologist, a lawyer, or an engineer. And I think that that's way more appropriate to spread out the knowledge base because an engineer thinks only one way. And engineers know how to build dams. They know how to build gray water infrastructure. But somebody who's got a more expansive knowledge about water, such as a hydrologist, would be far more appropriate to have in running well, that agency. And so if we could pass that law in Wyoming, I would, glad, I I would gladly be the state engineer of sure, Wyoming right. if they made right. it so that lawyers could do that. Right. I've seen advertisements in the back of different magazines. You can get, you can get, you can become a certified priest or pastor with a little twenty-five cents. I guess you have to pay for the postage, and you can probably do that with hydrology degrees. You name it, anything goes under Biden. I I wouldn't want that. I want somebody who's got an education. Totally brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yes, she, Susie is right that the hydrologist that we had, Mr. Stan Leak. Who wrote the paper? Um, hang on, just one second. Let me grab it. Okay. He was absolutely magical. He was so brilliant about water. How do I show this? That's, that's, I don't know how to unblur it. Do you guys know? Actually, uh, maybe maybe you're kind of right on that, Ted, because Reba hanging out with him and learning from him put it for where all that period of time. Put it where you. She soaked she up a lot. Put it where your face is. 
No, it won't well, read I don't, that way. I don't know. There it is. I mean, barely. So the title of this paper is Streamflow Depletion by Wells, Understanding and Managing the Effects of Groundwater Pumping on Surface Water. Perfect. This is That's the good. paper on on the science of groundwater pumping, how uh -huh. it affects surface water. Mr. Uh -huh. Leak was our hydrologist. He was an amazing wow. man. And right after the water case, he died in, I want to say, September of 2022. Oh, too so, bad. He had so much to, so much knowledge and he was so, you couldn't, you know, like some people would say, oh, Stan, what about this? What about climate affecting groundwater? And he would never, he was only willing to, to say what the science said. And that's, you know, like to go into that realm of does climate affect groundwater? He would say, Reba, that's just not supported. I'm not willing to go there. So he was so disciplined in his presentation of the science he would not just speculate you know obviously if it was proven he would be willing to go there but he was so disciplined and stan was uh was a gift to all of us well well yeah, i'm sure there's other talented people there as well that if you can search around that's true we gotta them. wrestle them up we yeah. gotta wrestle them up you know we've got to wrestle them up yeah yeah and i know you will <laughs> Um, we've, we've got about, uh, 20, uh, 30, let's see here, um, 30 minutes to go, 30 odd minutes to go. And I think there's a yeah, lesson. Be sure you get, um, uh, Reba's contact information out there. I'm sure there's lots of people who would like to send her postcards, thanking her for her really hard work on a shoestring and maybe some people sending, uh, some checks, uh, and maybe sure. some people just giving her encouragement. So please get her contact information out there. Oh, if you don't, wouldn't mind, you know, putting your email if you like. You've got a website, even phone number if you want. Um, you could share that. Do I just put it in the chat? Is that what you... Well, you could you could do that or just, just say it. It's okay. You know. www.rebaepler.com, R-E-B-A-E-P-L-E-R.com. Okay. And you, you can get a hold of me that way. And I've got all of the links to the story on there. There's pictures of the land. There's all the links to the stories. And the um, Water Stories is another organization that I'd like to give a shout out to because they let us do a, a presentation about this talk. And that's been seen over 1,100 times on YouTube. So yeah. if people will sit through a two-hour YouTube video about water, you know they're pretty interested. <laughs> so. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. let, let me, um, I've, I've visited both the Navajo and Hopi reservations, and there's a lot of places there where you can see where their creeks once were. Mm -hmm. And there it's notorious that Peabody Mining, Stuart Udall had, had given uh, Peabody Mining the rights to that water for pennies on the square foot. Just pennies. I mean, almost nothing. And the, the Hopi got just a little bit of it a little bit of that revenue, not much. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and so what the Hopi now are drinking is um, arsenic and radiation contaminated groundwater uh, with the result that men lived to 44 years and women lived to 54 years. And we've been changing it. I've been fundraising for the last five years for them for clean water filters so they can at least bring clean water, fresh water um, through water filters. Um, Isn't you know, that like a band-aid, Ted, the, the water it, filter? It, in, in a way, it is. Um, 
the Hopi got so frustrated with the situation back in 2015 that they sued the Bureau of Indian Affairs for them to construct a water plant and Obama um, refused and the federal judge appointed by Obama refused saying that water wasn't uh, a right, a public right. And if you want water, just go buy some. I mean, it's ridiculous. That's the kind of government. We still have a crappy government, you know. But um, at any rate, um, it's it's better than nothing, I think, you know. Um, but um, at any rate, that's the situation down there. Now explains, kind of links it together. When you take out the the groundwater, how long does it does an aquifer take to replenish itself? Millions of years. I mean, uh, if right. you, if you take all the water out. So you can, if you're a farmer or a rancher, and you can make a bunch of money so you can buy more Happy Meals and, and Jaguar sports cars. That's a good question. How long does it take to replenish? Yeah. Well, geologically, the formation that we're talking about is called the Ogallala and the Rickery formations, and those were laid down anywhere between 20 and 30 million years ago. And then oh. they were charged up with the, all this water over the course of the last you know, 100,000 years of ice ages. And so okay. Okay. the water is very old in these aquifers. Right. And it's all charged because we had those huge epic ice ages that covered the land and glaciers. Right. And the okay. water then melted and got into the ground. So when you're taking this water out, you're taking out very, very old water. It's called fossil water. Mm -hmm. And so it's not easy to replace. Another <clears> problem <throat> is when you take that groundwater out, like in California in the San Joaquin Valley, you get a the, the land squishes down so that even if you try to put water down there, the formation can't take it anymore because it's lost its ability to uh, soak the water up because it's compressed. Because the I land, is, it's in the San Joaquin Valley, the land surface has dropped some places like 80 or 100 feet. It's unreal. Oh, wow. So for the future, is there any glaciers that can help replenish the water? Reach. Yes. Are there the any glaciers that reach as far as Wyoming? No. The practices that we have to do to restore the water in the in the aquifer is to have ground cover. Agriculture that plows and has bare soil is is antithetical to recharge of groundwater. When you when it rains on bare soil, the water creates a cap on the surface, and the water then runs off and takes all the good carbon and nutrients with it. So the answer is regenerative land practices. We have got to have native grasslands, good farmland that is not tilled. And when you have vegetation, the water is able to infiltrate into the ground. That is the only answer we have right now. When you do those practices, if you are in a farming scenario for your business, you do use a considerable amount less water. Like some people per say that you use only 25% of the water that you would use in a conventional farming situation. So we it's criminal that people are not farming in a regenerative way because they are taking so much more water to grow their crops in a conventional way. In other words, they're committing suicide. Society. It's, it's cannibalism, really, is what it is. Uh-huh, right. So they're, uh, yeah, okay. So what's the yeah, name of that so family? We talk about suicide. This more so we can teach people. Right. We, right. It? By taking this water out that took millions of years. A ten years ten thousand years to charge, we've taken out that water, that amount of water in like fifty five years. Because people 
the the water was so abundant when people started pumping it for agriculture. It was just people thought that it was unlimited, but then it quickly was discovered that the resource was pretty limited. And so it was initially, I don't think that there was any conspiracy. I really think that people were going to this resource because one, the government was promoting it heavily and subsidizing center pivot irrigation for farmers. And then you could grow more feed for your livestock, but then it became um, very big agriculture business is now reliant on the Ogallala aquifer for our food production in the center of the country. So we have to get very real about this. And I don't think we need to be growing all of our crops with groundwater. We can, we can go to a more holistic agriculture that does not demand the, the water that conventional agriculture demands. And the food is so much healthier from, from soils that are healthy. And when you do this conventional agriculture with center pivot irrigation, tillage, you are creating commodities that have less nutrient value than if they were grown in a soil that was healthy. You know, I totally agree. I, I would just wanted to chime in here only because sure. I just love this conversation. Uh, you know, anything about protecting the water, um, it, to me is is I mean paramount. It just is. Uh, it's the lifeblood of the earth and the people. Um, you know, why wouldn't they rotate uh, farming and agriculture like they do with cattle in fields? You know, you you graze or you put them to pasture in one field. And then you move them over to another and another and another. I mean, I would think maybe in even in industrial farming, they could, um, you know, section off various areas where they leave some alone. They farm other areas. Then they come back later on and so on. Um, that's just one thought. Another th- thought is, you know how they build those um, water gathering systems where they gather water out of thin air? And then they replenish, you know, they, they're actually not able to replenish, but they're able to meet the needs of their agriculture in some places um, and meet the needs of the water for their citizens. But they, they build these enormous um, architectural type um, buildings that actually, you know, bring the water uh, or take the water out of the air. Now, if something like that can, I mean, would that even work, or do you think that just wouldn't be sufficient? Well, a, an enormous wasted resource in all of our cities is rainwater. And so we are not taking advantage of the rain that's falling on our cities to water the, the city right. and the people within that city. And in those rainwater collection systems, they work like in Israel and South Texas, like down in the Big Bend, people do those. And basically what it is, is it's like a, it, it's condensation, you know, the, the temperature at night condenses the water and then you've got the drips that come down. And so there's water everywhere. And that there's a wonderful book by my friend, Judith Schwartz, called Water in Plain Sight. There really is water everywhere and we have to be able to get it. Right. And just like you're saying, these water collection systems, yes, they there may be a downside that we don't know. About. If we start using them on a massive le- layer level, but but certainly, rainwater collection is is 
it should be illegal to not collect rainwater. Everybody should be collecting it. And that's one of my goals is to to get to where I'm collecting my rainwater off my roofs and watering my plants. Um, there's water everywhere. And our like our agriculture does not need the amount of water that it is using. As an example, GMO corn, there's a really famous scientist that studied this, uses 30% more water than non-GMO corn. Wow. So to just to grow that same crop, to get the same yield, the GMO corn requires 30% more water. That's unacceptable. Uh, yeah, cannot, all the chemicals and everything, right? Can you add in all the chemicals? Water. Yes. Right, 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 right. 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 Um, oh, I love the whole thing. Thank you for letting me chime in. You're, you're just beautiful. You keep doing what you're doing there. <laughs> you know, there are many of us that wish, you know, uh, you much success, and, and we're behind you. So, Thank you. Reba, do you have time to say a word about that? what that guy in India was doing? I, I know it's a little bit of a pivot off topic, but um, I think there's more to learn about that. Okay. There's a man in India named Rajendra Singh. We were so blessed to meet him in California, and he is called the Water Man of India. He was a doctor, an Ayurvedic doctor, and he was traveling to all these communities in rural Rajasthan, India, which is right next to Pakistan, so super dry. They get between four and 10 inches of rain a year. And the people were blind because they were so deficient in vitamin A and other vitamins that they could not see anymore. So he was treating the blindness in people. And there was an old man that he was able to restore his sight. And he said, Rajendra, you've created a real problem here for me because now I can see how messed up it is here. And what had happened is they had pumped their water, their groundwater so hard that they and used grazing improperly that they had desertified this whole region of Rajasthan and their young people were all gone. The crime in the region was unreal. Like people were just robbing each other, murdering, kidnapping. So he was taught by this old man who he was able to restore his sight, how to build these things called johods. And johods are basically a pond that you build on a strategic geological formation. So the water goes into the formation. So you stop the water and you get it to go down. And by building these johods, they restored to date 13 rivers in, in Rajasthan. Oh, and that's beautiful. 25,000 yeah. wells. And wow. the girls and women are able to go to school because the girls in those places spend all their day collecting water. So it's just created this cascade of wow. Wow. prosperity to return. And the people are able to farm there again with these yeah. Ponds. Wow, I mean, great. he was so wonderful. He was an, I, I think he was a saint wow, and he, that's, that's he has amazing. dedicated his life to restoring the hydrology to the land. And that has brought back the, the rain. It's brought wow. back. Well, that's beautiful. Food. What you said, a cascade of prosperity, Reba, because I think that's what our country needs too, is a cascade of, of prosperity. And a beautiful, huge part of that is going to be, you know, returning our water to to the way Mother Earth intended it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, if you ever walked into a, a basement with the lights off and you have a light on and you shine the light on the rats in the basement, they'll, scut they'll scatter. So we need to do that before we uh, wrap it up here. And uh, the, 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 the evil ones, is, it's called the Washington, Wyoming uh, Engineer's Office. Their address is 122 West 25th Street. 
Be sure to get a hold of them and give them your opinion. Second Floor West, that's right next to where they eat, uh, drink coffee and eat donuts all day, so they'll be sure to get your mail. Uh, it's Wyoming, Cheyenne, Wyoming, 82002. Now, they don't have an email listed on their uh, website. That would make it too easy to reach them. Um, do you, uh, but their phone number, if you want to give them a call on Monday or Tuesday, is 307-777-6150. Again, that's 307-777-6150. And call and ask for the state engineer and give them a piece of your mind. And to reference, what's it called again? It's called the name of the family that the Lurwick to... water case and they'll know exactly what you're talking about the what the what case Lurwick L-E-R-W-I-C-K water okay. case and you, okay. I guarantee you will not be able to get to the state engineer they will not let you talk to him well you can also call you know you know they you can call and the, just mention the people that you know want to sell off the water rights and and uh, steal water so they can buy jaguars and happy meals you know that's a socially useful laudable concept you know but uh people should realize these are the evil ones behind it here what about um i found board of control cheryl tim is she i got a, her her email does she have anything to do with this do you know so if we have to appeal this decision up that we take it to the board of control so at this point they haven't heard our case yet so i don't know how they're going to respond to the case well, I if you want to write them. somebody in the board of control, they Just have authority. Over. Yeah, I encourage to, to the write right a name, Cheryl Tim, T-I-M-M. Her email, she does have her email. It's Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, period, T as in Ted, I-M-M, M as in Mary, M as in Mary, at wyoming.gov. Her phone number, if you want to give her a call, is 307-777-6899. It's good to put these people on notice. They hide behind their desks, drinking their coffee, eating their donuts, getting their retirement accounts, earning money to buy Happy Meals and Jaguars, and nobody ever calls them on it. You know, it's the same in Washington State here. It's it's worse. We need to restore ethics and and morality to our country. You are right, Ted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Reba, I tell you, I I honor all the work you've done, and you know the fight's not over. But I mean, so far, uh, it it is. It's amazing what you've gotten accomplished. Well, I want everybody to contact the, the, these Wyoming offices this week and tell them how important um, this case is called the Lermick, L-E-R-M-I-C-K, um, water Lurwick. case. L-E-R-W-I-C-K, Lurwick. Okay, Lurwick, okay, W-I-C-K, okay, yeah. Okay, well, I'm getting, um, I'm getting a stamp right now. Okay, okay, good, yeah, you can... Uh, and what you can do, you can go to the um, post office to a government agency and hire a um, four-letter agent in a blue uniform, to a uh, secret agent, to deliver the, your letter to them if you want. So. <laughs> I love it. From the post uh, office. We've got about uh, 12 minutes left. Oh, I forgot to tell you, um, you can swear up to 50 words per hour, and you've got quite a bit. If you want to, you know, if, if, you, if you do want to swear, you can. But anyway... Um, no, we don't want to waste our time with that. Uh, there's there's too much work to be uh, accomplished. But but your your donations and your encouragement is very important. So uh, you you just have no idea how much Rita uh, has gotten accomplished on a shoestring. Yeah, yeah. Her but, website her website again is R E B A. E is in Edward, P is in Paul, L-E-R dot com. 
Yeah, we've got about uh, 10 minutes left. Um, uh, is there anything you'd like to talk about to wrap up your wonderful interview today? Um, that's not uh, immoral, legal, illegal, or fattening. Um, well, I mean, the, we need to make it legal to do to do this regenerative work. And there's the people that want to do this work. Zach Weiss is one of them. Um, Water Stories. The people that want to build these johads in the United States are up against the law. And so we need to make it possible for people to build ponds on their property. Um, ponds are ponds are necessary. We have they're one way of slowing the water down and creating a water sink. So people need to build ponds. Um, people need to keep the land covered. Uh, public enemy number one is bare ground. When you when you have bare ground, the temperature of the soil is say 140 degrees, whereas covered soil would be in the 80s, and life cannot survive in 140 degree temperatures or higher. So cover the soil, um, building ponds in appropriate places in well-selected well sites. Those are, those are crucial things we have to do for our water security, for our climate, for our wildlife, for our livestock, for our agriculture. To make it not so centralized. We need to decentralize agriculture and allow everybody to participate in the growing of their food. I don't know if you can hear, I've got a baby chicken here that Augustus is. Well, we can hear you. We can hear you. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the chick is very yeah. loud. You, so, you know what, you know what Oregon passed a couple of years ago? What? Now people in Oregon, the legislature there marched to a different drummer. And it's hard for me to fathom what goes on there, but they did pass a law making it illegal and a criminal offense to collect rainwater. Mm. But I don't know, you know, uh, who knows? I don't know what they were smoking or what they were drinking when they passed that law. Um, I actually asked somebody from Oregon here a couple of weeks ago and he started to explain it. And uh, I still didn't understand what he was talking about after about 10 minutes. But right. anyway, okay. there they they march to a different drummer, and it's illegal to collect rainwater in Oregon. You can be thrown in jail, fine. So anyway, that's the way things are. Right, we need to pass laws that allow and require the collection of groundwater. I'm sorry, rainwater. Okay. Um, yeah. The the truth about rainwater collection is that when you do it, when when you do not collect rainwater, it goes into the street. It collects cities of hugely high numbers of pesticide herbicide dog poop uh oil on the yeah, street right. so when the water right. rains off it rushes off quickly you've got fast water which is bad then it collects all that stuff and then it goes straight into the water the surface water but right. if you collect it and you put it into the ground at a more appropriate time when it's hot and dry and you don't want to be using the municipal resource and spending money then the water slowly goes into the ground and it recharges the aquifer and it does not, it, it actually increases water rather than decreases water. So all the arguments that are made about this water is already appropriated, this belongs to those farmers or whoever downstream is a lie. Mm -hmm. It actually needs to slow down and sink into the ground and it will get to them in their due time. Well, that makes total sense. Yeah. You're going to, if, if, if this process isn't stopped or reversed, you're going to find desertification of large areas where Wyoming no longer will be, you won't have any water because, it, and, and people will have to move, sorry.
just so some family could buy, use the money to buy tra tractors and Jaguars and Happy Meals. Isn't that wonderful? So they wrecked the whole state because of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Desertification is the number one problem we're facing as humanity, I think. It's it's right. so widespread that people don't even know that it's happening or that this that the land used to be covered in grass. And we've got to reverse desertification. And I believe, and I've seen it work, the grazing practices of Alan Savory and the people who have grazed in that way, using livestock as a tool to regenerate land is absolutely crucial. And you can do buffalo. We just don't have enough of them. Um, but they have to, you can't just leave them in one place with a fence continuously because that causes degradation. You've got to be able to move them off that land and you have to allow an adequate rest period for the land to recover. Yeah. Like and you they, can reverse desertification that way. It's right. been done and proven. Right. 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 Um, Susie, any comments? goats could reverse some desertification. Yes. Lonnie Malmberg is an amazing grazier of goats and she's been doing it for 40 years. And she was really focused on weeds for a long time, having cities pay her to graze their weed problem rather than using chemicals. Wow. But now she's doing so much grazing work with, with her goats on BLM land and in high fire areas. The goats create, they, they restart the soil nutrient cycle. That ground has not been grazed in so long that the animals impact the land. It's called animal impact. They graze everything and then they're gone. So the earth and they has can all that poison. Uh, they they can eat poison stuff. Um, hemlock. Yeah, they can eat the poison grasses too, and yeah. it doesn't hurt the goats. Wow. Right, wow. and so they're a tool to, to to mitigating fire because there's so much undergrowth in our forests. They've wow. been they've allowed to become these just terribly overgrown areas with less desirable trees than like you guys have the redwoods, but the redwoods are are very late successional plant and you've got early successional trees like Douglas fir that are actually desertifying trees. So the goats recreate a healthy soil cycle and wow. they create wow. water. Essentially goats wow. create water. Wow. That's amazing. Had no you idea. You are a very knowledgeable woman, Reba. Right. <laughs> you are. You And you know, the problem is you make too much sense. And, you know, in this world, they don't want to hear that because they want to prove that people are, you know, a pest and they want to prove it. So what they do is they pass laws to make sure that you can't fix things so that more and more people suffer so that they can prove their point. So well, I'm for hire and I will help people if they want to get laws changed in their in their states. I think that's what I just loved what you're saying. This might be the best water program I've ever heard. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really. <laughs> and I've been doing this since 2003. Mm -hmm. So thank you. my hat's off to you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Great job. Great. Great job. Great job. Great job, everybody. Awesome. <laughs> Can I finish with one thing? Sure. If the water is running, make it walk. If it's walking, make it crawl. If it's crawling, make it sink in. Mm -hmm. What we have now is the cycle of drought and deluge. So right. when you see water running off of land, that water would normally, under good conditions, sink into the ground. Yeah. 
but because of unhealthy soil conditions, it runs off so quickly that it's not able to get into the ground, then it just evaporates and and causes a lot of erosion in the process. So using good soil practices makes the water sink into the ground and you reconnect the hydrological cycle. Right now, the hydrological cycle is totally broken. We have to reconnect it and... That is the basic principle of what we have to do as a society, as a species. Water is got to be the center of our of our thinking. Mm-hmm. That's uh, absolutely right. Yeah. Unfortunately, some of the people in power don't have any background in this, they, and they don't seem to care. I don't know. But if you listen if, to this program today, you've learned a lot. So yeah, right. we're just going to have to um, educate people right so that they do know these things yeah yeah um i for memorial day i'd kind of like to end the program with uh uh with a little song and i'm going to see if i can do it on my little phone here um i hope i can i never know (laughs) i never know what i can and i was hoping that you would would uh do that ted thank you so much because both my parents um, for veterans, and, and Memorial Day is, is really, really important to me. To yeah. reflect on their sacrifice and honor the brave men and women right. you know, in our military. Right, exactly. In spite of all the crap we've had to deal with, with a, a fake government and a destructive president. Um, thank you, Reba. Thank you. Thank you, you Reba, so much. Um, yeah, let me um, let me go ahead and um, play this now. Um, you're welcome to stay on if you like, and um, it'll just take two minutes, my friends. This is honor and Memorial Day for uh, servicemen and women around the world, no matter what country you're in, to honor their service um, for the planet. Hope this works. Okay, Susie, could you hang up, please? I think that's interfering with it. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, thank you for joining us today. No, it, the, the, the audio is still bad. Let me try this. There we go. That's better.
George Washington is here and he's got a couple of uh, messages for for everyone and first off as well as Thomas Jefferson the co the country itself was started by revolutionaries and it's been a it's been over 200 years of fighting for our freedom all the way along the way and and um, the greatest challenge today is not so much a, a foreign external power as it is domestic powers within this country who are trying to tear us down um, They've um, already managed to. Um, oh, they've already managed to um, um, have a 25 to 30 percent potential population decrease in the United States. 10% uh, of the homes now in the United States are vacant due to the shot program pushed by the fake illegitimate government. Um, the U.S. military is suffering right now with about. Uh, uh, 20 to 25% uncapacitated, um, decapacitated from the shop program. They're either dead or disabled. Uh, thanks, Biden. Thanks, Big Pharma, for killing us off. Um, the Chinese Communist Party have openly talked about attacking the United States. They were going to do it September of this year. They postponed it till next year. We'll see what happens. Will we have much of a military left to defend ourselves? I don't know. But I think what people need to do is certainly take their rights back, take their freedoms back. And it, it cuts across lots of different issues, including water rights in, in Wyoming and other, other states as well. So this is just one microcosm of a larger macrocosm issue. Uh, we're losing our freedoms. And um, um, we have to stand up because because this fake government, they are killing us. Um, where's the military? Where's our military? Uh, a lot of good people in the military, but where's our military when, when you've got millions of illegals coming over the border to take over our country? Not around there, certainly not. Um, um, Governor Abbott in Texas is doing the best he can. He's asked the National Guard from six other states to come down and help him patrol the border because um, this crap government uh, is not doing anything to help us out. So we have to take matters into our own hands because nobody else is going to help us. And um, uh, Thomas Jefferson is here, and he said that when, when the U.S. was started, it was done, it was started by revolutionaries, and they weren't worried about being so-called politically correct. Being politically correct in Democrat-controlled states is a big deal because they don't want you to voice your opinion, step out of line. They want to control your minds, and you end up in slavery. Um, so people need to stand up because if we don't, we're going to lose this country. I guarantee it. Don't wait around. Don't wait. Don't trust the plan. Don't wait for Q. Don't wait for anybody but yourself to make the decisions you make on a daily, daily basis to stand up for your rights. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the founding the founding people, the mothers and fathers of this great country, um, they all sacrificed um, to to get to this point today. And that's why I have the flag out today here. It's, it's more of a, sim a symbolic thing for truth, liberty, and justice, and freedom for the entire world, not only the United States. So um, as my friends in Canada were telling me uh, last year, if we lose the U.S., you're going to lose the whole world. And so we're on that path now. But people are waking up, and they're standing up worldwide. Reba's standing up. A lot of good people here in the United States, a lot of good people in France, for example, protesting Macron every day for the past year, nothing in the media. Um, people around the world are demonstrating. They demonstrated in Canada a year ago. They demonstrated in Australia, New Zealand. Many countries have d demonstrated, um, but we're up against some very, um, very difficult times. But we have to all stand up, and we have to be uh, careful. Uh, Dr. Batar was recently murdered. Recently, under mysterious circumstances, could be Big Pharma, Deep State, could be me Biden killing him off. I don't know, 
but people need to be careful. I appreciate all your fantastic support out of this world radio as a nonprofit listener supported station. And we really appreciate your help. Uh, if you'd like to support us, just go to my BBS website or to uh, www.outofthisworld1150.com or go to uh, outofthisworldreadings.com um, uh, uh, as well. I hope you all have a beautiful and happy day. Thank you so much for supporting my show. And Reba and Susie, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a great fun, great fun to have you all on today. And I hope you all have a fantastic and wonderful um, holiday weekend, no matter where you are. On behalf of all my listeners, thanks so much for coming on today. Reba, much love to you and your family. Thanks so much for sharing your wisdom today. It's been a great program. <laughs>